Well, guys, let's dig in and enjoy our last meal. It still seems melodramatic. We're only getting transferred from rich people prison to normal people prison. Yeah, but that's practically a death sentence to these people. I'm going to enjoy my KFC. Briggs, why are you poking the mashed potatoes like that? I didn't want to tell you guys, but I got some inside help for an escape. No shit? Who? Guy a few cells down. He's got some special privileges. He says he can get anything in here if you do him a favor. What was the favor? Oh, nothing weird. Said he'd sneak in some escape tools for us in the food, though, so I'm... Wow! What the fuck is this thing? Ooh, you're in the chicken. Check the other pieces. Are you fucking kidding me? Are these Disney Star Wars TM toy lightsabers? Better. They're Disney Star Wars TM functioning lightsabers. I hope whatever favor you did was worth all this plastic. And you wasted the chicken. That's unforgivable. Oh. See? Yeah, but Briggs, you know that the odds of escaping a low-security prison are like 2.5 million to 1. Never cared about the math, nerd. Now stand back. I'm gonna cut these cell doors open. You didn't have to do that. It was unlocked. I'm gonna need you to freeze and put down the glow stick. Come and take it, pigs! Uh, uh, oh, God. <laughs> you guys. The lightsabers, they, they don't stop bullets. It just melts them into hot drops of metal. I remember reading that on Wikipedia. I guess long, long time ago, weapons just aren't the answer anymore. Well, you know what, guys? This calls for a modern solution. Run! Ouch. Some movies make you feel good. Some movies make you sick. But the best movies come in threes. Baby, let's take a trip to You guys like Star Wars? Eh. Yeah, I do actually like Star Wars. I got a couple shirts. It's a lot of the Boba Fett's. Oh, it's a Boba it was Fett. Cool. Yeah, no, this is Boba Fett. That that I I had Star Wars shirts before Mandalorian. I'm you wearing know. my Empire Strikes Back baseball tee right now. I showed uh, my girlfriend a picture of the actor who played Boba Fett. You know, the guy with the '70s mustache and the uh, Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and that really shattered her world for a <laughs> It's like, yeah, look at your hero. You know what I wish, though, more than anything? You know, I love Star Wars to death. I just wish there were anyone, anyone talking about these movies. Like podcasts, video essays, anything. Just give me something, guys. Yeah, there's not even anything on YouTube if you just look it up. No, I know. You're just, you're starved for conversation about Star Wars. Like, has anybody seen these fucking movies? There's does so anybody want to talk? There's, uh, yeah, there's like at least nine. Yeah. At least. No, there's what, 12? 12 now. I guess there's 12, yeah. Yeah, there's 12 of them. Waiting for number 13 because we want to get Corey Feldman back into the franchise. <laughs> 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 exactly. You know. Exactly. Corey Feldman, famous in the Star Wars series. Although I'm sure he's probably been in something somewhere at some point. Yeah. Long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Or more recently in a cartoon. So, you know, as we as we did with The Godfather or Lord of the Rings or the Pusher Trilogy, you know, we're boldly going where no podcast has gone before, which mm-hmm. is a direct quote from Star Wars. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're, we're going to be the first people to ever do a story about Star Wars. And, you know, like... 
Um, Briggs is wearing a Star Wars shirt. Sam is wearing a Star Wars shirt. These are very valuable because there's hardly any Star Wars merchandise. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I know. Very hard to come by. Very hard millions. to come by. You have to suck dick in prison to get one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what, though? I think the thing that I appreciate the most about Star Wars is that, you know, diving into a franchise like this with just anywhere to go, no other competition at all. Mm-hmm. And there's so much content to pick from. Of course, the big one being the original trilogy. I mean, we've it's a very agreed upon a f- fact that the original Star Wars trilogy is one of the most highly regarded stories in movie history going from a new hope all the way through return of the jedi it's a classic for a reason which is why we're not going to talk about those today no nope we're uh we're talking about another set of movies we're talking about a set of movies that has a cg in it and uh you know has has still has it's a little complicated to follow sometimes well there's like sort of an enemy that's hidden if you will yeah yeah he's sort of like a phantom menace yeah yeah which of course we're referencing the prequels which are uh, a little divisive they came out they weren't considered good they were our generation star wars it's like our parents grew up with the originals we grew up on the prequels and you know sam's a bitch and he doesn't like them don't really don't i like them i do uh, too i remember going to see revenge of the sith at its midnight premiere at movie code dressed as anakin skywalker going in and darth vader coming out oh that's pretty baller yeah to do a quick change well i mean i was pretty much just dressed the same i just had my vader helmet with me and just threw it on as i was walking out of the theater oh there you go and it it was i think one of the color changing lightsabers to go between red and blue oh sweet yeah but the prequels though yeah there are generation star wars and i consider them classics i consider them awful and we're not talking about them today not today (laughs) nope instead we're talking about something that we can we can all agree on something we can all agree on as uh star wars movies we are going to talk about the zoomer generation star wars that's right we're talking sequels baby oh, disney's yes. licensed star wars tm star wars sequels <laughs> brought so, to you by disney so do they refer to this as the skywalker saga even though that doesn't make sense yes they yes do. they do even though he's barely in it well, I mean, well, the, the that's Skywalker, not the point. The, the, Skywalker the, saga, the Skywalker saga overall is Phantom Menace till Rise of Skywalker. It's the whole nine. Oh, the whole kit and caboodle yeah. that doesn't mm-hmm. include Rogue One. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. No, no Rogue One, no Solo, no The Clone Wars. I really like Solo. Me I still too. haven't seen it. It's the only Star Wars film I still have not seen. I would recommend it. If you've taken the time to watch all the dumb TV shows, you might as well watch Solo. I haven't, watched, as... I haven't watched all the Star Wars shows, though. You watched all of Boba Fett? No, I didn't. I haven't seen oh, a shit. single episode of Boba Fett yet, Never actually. Mind. Before we, but I guess before we go in talking about these sequels, let's talk about our own individual like interactions with Star Wars and how we kind of got into liking this. Because, I mean, these movies, this franchise is considered like an American staple. Like, you know, the UK has Doctor Who. Japan has Godzilla. Star Wars is an American product, very famous. And everyone's kind of got their own takes, in my opinion, on it. I mean, I certainly like certain elements of Star Wars better than others, I'd say. And I'm sure you guys have vice versa. So my my introduction to Star Wars was the original. And I remember my grandparents had... Hell yeah. My my grandparents had a... um, 
an original CBS Fox VHS copy of the original unaltered Star Wars nice. from the early 80s. And I remember always watching that when I would go to their beach house on the North Carolina coast. And uh, I now proudly own that tape. And, Wait, uh, <laughs> well, hold on. Is this the same? Like, Is the it one... the same one from the... Well, it's probably the same cut, but we did have... You and I had the same box set. Yeah, as a but, VHS box set. But I well, more really importantly is I want to know if that is what Briggs is talking about because if you're talking about that, if we're, if we're talking about the same set, then that's definitely not unedited. Hmm. Because you know, as as because because uh, if you don't know about that that VHS set, there are some edits in it, and there's hmm. also famously like interviews before the movies with um, uh, shoot, what's his name, uh. With George, oh, is this the one? George. No, that is not the one. Oh no, this is not a '90s that's tape. The, this that's is, the one that you and I had. That's the one. Okay, so no, this tape is from the '80s, actually. Here, so it I. might be an original like rental copy or something. No, know? it's not a rental copy. Okay. No, uh, um, are these Betamaxes? No, no, no. It, it is, is still a VHS. VHS yeah. It is a VHS copy. Hold on, I can tell you right now because I'm here. You go on eBay. This tape is from. 1984 wow yeah here this is the one i am showing him the tape for all of you that are watching your spotify oh, okay. or Hot damn. screens yeah this is the tape oh wow it's got the original uh oh. cover where luke yeah. looks really muscular it's only worth like 20 bucks on ebay but uh <laughs> you know what it's worth the world to me uh, you know and there's <laughs> another thing to talk about is it's kind of hard because I, 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 too, got into Star Wars with the original series. And, Kreider, you also got into the Star Wars series through the original trilogy, right? Oh, for certain, yeah. No, those were the first movies I really remember internalizing, maybe outside yeah. of Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Mm, I can dig it. But, you know, like, I don't know. My childhood is very rich with just, like, Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Batman. early Pixar. Yeah, Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, so many Batmans. I had a wealth of Batman to choose from. Yeah. And I've certainly, like, you know, different parts of the original trilogy. Like, I, like Empire, you know, I mean, it's good. It's great, even. Uh, Return of the Jedi, it's wacky. No, um, and I think if they do release the original cuts on Disney+, Plus, maybe then we'll do an episode on that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then... So, if you're listening, Disney, and I know you are, Bob Iger, you're back... Back yeah. in the saddle, buddy. You Come on, man. You, you, know, you, you, know, you know what to do, man. Right the ship. And uh, Right the ship. <laughs> and, you know, there's also so many different cuts of the original trilogy by itself that it comes into different, like, viewing experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad, whenever I talk about Star original stars with him, he's like, are you talking about Star Wars or Star Wars or A New Hope? And, you know, because, like, it's just, it's different to so many people. Yeah, because you know, like, it's hard when, to really pin pin it down exactly. When no, George, and for some people, it could all religious. be the cartoon show, the cartoon shows. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, droids, Ewoks, <laughs> well, the, yep. or no, the Clone Wars. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess that too. Yeah, those two. Um, but uh, I mean, I certainly like those shows better than the prequel movies. And and you know, um, going back to like what you're talking about with different viewing experiences, of course, we all know George Lucas went in in the '90s. And uh, revitalize these movies with digital effects. He, also he didn't revitalize them. He did fucking yeah. There's no revival. Them. <laughs> you know what the fuck I'm talking about. And then he he, but he also inserted new stuff that was not there before. Like in A New Hope, 
Uh, you have the scene where Han is confronted outside the Millennium Falcon by Jabba and his yeah. goons, and it's now a- apparently the first time we see Boba Fett because he's just kind of hanging out there. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, look, it's the guy. Yeah, he still sucks in that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. He just walks past the camera, and that's it. Famous for not doing anything, Boba Fett. I know, and apparently they used his jizz to make an entire army. Yep. <laughs> well, not his jizz. But, you he know, is the jizz. He's the jizz. No, Boba Fett is real. No. Yeah, well, Boba Fett. Oh, no, Django Fett. Django sorry. Fett's real. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I mix him up. Yeah, let's, uh, and of course, with the prequels, the prequels also, let, let alone the original trilogy retconning things, the prequels do quite a bit of retconning, and much like the Metachlorians, it just gets all sorts of complicated. Maybe it's seasonal depression, but I just don't want to. <laughs> so i but, i just don't want a star wars anymore so but overall my point is that i think that there's a lot of different ways you can see star wars and it's just it's it's all just based on your own uh certain point of view i guess you could say now and we were we were talking about fan pages and it's like i just hate gatekeeping you know yes just i like, absolutely hate gatekeeping in star wars and i, I hate, think that i am a way better fan of these than both of you fucking nerds <laughs> I'm just saying, I just hate anybody that's like, uh, I like Rob Zombie too, and it's like, you're not a real fan, then it's like, well, you know, you can be liking something, if you like it, you like it. You're yeah, like, we yeah. Can all, we should all be able to agree on that. If anything, I'll gatekeep the Rob Zombie Halloween movies from fucking nerds. And with yeah. that said, I think the sequels get a lot of unbridled, unnecessary hate. No, yeah, and- they do. What's interesting is like they don't often get hate for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's I mean, like, it's like you know, like to to their credit, you know, George Lucas had the original trilogy, the entire thing mapped out well before he ever went in and and rolled a single shot on the first Star Wars. He had the entire prequel trilogy plotted out before Phantom Menace ever even went into development. At least even then, very lightly. Disney, yeah. on the other hand, they bought a new toy and wanted to play with it out of the box immediately. And so George <laughs> like, apparently like, had ideas. Like how how much time was there between Disney purchasing Lucasfilms and Star Wars and Force Awakens? It's about like two years. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it was like two years separation pretty much sure. So they immediately were like like, you know, we need to use this now. No. And it's like J.J. Abrams, who is famous for asking questions, not necessarily delivering answers. And Star Wars in Star Trek. Yeah, and yeah. Star Wars in Star Trek. So, yeah, by at the time, I remember J.J. Abrams being hired just did feel pretty redundant. Mm-hmm. I mean, redundant. But it was also like when Chris Evans was Captain America. It's like, what? But he was the human torch. It, it makes... Yeah. It makes sense to put someone like J.J. Abrams in charge of uh, reviving Star Wars. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, you know, it's... it was. It didn't make sense for him to have him land the plane, though. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> uh, that that really is just like when we'll get into it as we go. That really is just the problem with this trilogy is that there was no plan. Yeah, it needed a needed like a like even like what's his name uh, for the Marvel universe? Kevin Feige. Like needed a Kevin Feige. It needed. A, you could have had George try and do something just like like because I don't think like George isn't stupid. I think no. George like even the prequels have some good ideas in there that I just think he just needed, uh, you know, kind of like many like comic book authors that I love, like Frank Miller, like he's better suited when he has an editor or a producer to tell him, hey, reel it back in a bit, please. Yeah. Like George has good ideas. No, but 
J.J. Abrams is a genius. Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. What's he? He didn't direct anything anymore. Yeah, he's working on. We were looking at his IMDb earlier, and uh, it didn't look like anything like huge coming out. Definitely like stuff that he's doing. I mean, you know, the best thing that he did was the 4K cleanup of Phantasm. Yeah. What? He did that? Yeah, he did the restoration of Phantasm. Huh. Not the kind of person I would have expected. I I know, right? Bro, I mean, we we have Captain Phasma, the silver ball from Phantasm looking fucking Stormtrooper captain in the first two sequel movies. Which is a a boring way to homage Phantasm. Wait, that's a Phantasm homage? Really? Yeah. Captain Phasma. Phasma. That's not. That doesn't sound like fan. Phantasm. It's phasma. It just sounds like nonsense words, like anything in Star Wars. I, I think he's in denial. Oh, it's is not. Is the new Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie called Plantasm? Plantasm. I hope it is. <laughs> oh my god. I think that's what it's called. I hope it's. That's what it's called. That'd be awesome. It's another another delight for 2022 that I've yet to open up. Yeah. But so uh, yeah, I, I think. But that said, for Star Wars and these disclaimers put ahead, uh, you know, just like have an open mind as we discuss what we talk about. I mean, we know you're not gonna, and you're Please? all probably gonna unsubscribe from us as soon as we start talking. We don't but... have any subscribers. Yeah, come that. at, come at me, come at me, come at me, come at me. Okay. So look, guys, it is Christmas. Yes. You know, and um. Or it is Hanukkah, or it's Ramadan. Kwanzaa. Or Kwanzaa, sorry, yeah. Well, I mean, I, what, we're not going in any order. <laughs> but Christmas is the best. I wasn't going in order, I was just <laughs> saying Kwanzaa. High-roaded. High-roaded? What? Look, the point is, guys, I think of Star Wars as perfect Christmas movies. Yeah. Yeah, uh, at least right up there with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, and... No, because like there's an there's another story about a bearded guy who gave his life for all of our sins. Ah, uh, yes, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, and Luke Skywalker, both of them, <laughs> and Obi Wan, and Obi Wan. These are all bearded men who gave their lives so that we could sin as much as we wanted. Hell yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> you gotta love Christianity, you guys. Yep. With that said, is it time to awaken the Force? Let's awaken the Force as we dive in to the Force Awakening. The Force Awakens, a franchise rebranded. After the resounding failure of the prequels, the galaxy has remained silent. But now, under the control of Supreme Leader Mouse and Grand Moff Abrams, a new and original story will bring money to the galaxy. We follow a young lost scavenger with a dark past who comes into the ownership of plans that could destroy the rising evil. Now, they must learn to find their own path and overthrow the villains by destroying their planet-killing weapon with the help of allies, young, old, and dead. Yes, this is a remake of Star Trek 2009, but just go with it. It'll be different next time. Next time, it will be different. <laughs> so, this- oh, yeah, this was... um. This, this was movie, a very hyped movie when it came out. It this, certainly was. This movie is somewhat tainted for me because we had to put one of my dogs down the day that we saw it. So Jesus Aww. Christ. I'm this so was sorry. like our way to kind of cheer ourselves up. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad you saved that for the podcast. <laughs> Jesus. Damn. I'm sorry. If man. you had said that to me while we were watching, I would have been like, dude, save this for the podcast. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, Briggs. Nah, it's okay. Jesus. I mean, it's not, but yeah. Well. That was almost a decade ago. This, 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 if, and that, if, if that's the meter by which we're measuring this movie, it is not good enough to fill the void left. It's no Fury Road, you know? Yeah, it's not a Fury Road, that's for sure. I'll, I'll be the villain and say that when this movie was getting psyched up, I couldn't care less. Yes, yes. Even back then, you were very cool. Yeah. I wasn't being cool. Look I was at just... me. I'm hating on the popular thing. Look, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I'm, hate... I'm joking. We're... I was like. Fucking I was... normies. <laughs> you know, at the time, like not even at the time, like before that, I had like been absolutely like I had realized the prequels were trash uh... and I had been burnt out entirely on Star Wars. And I wasn't up for any new Star Wars because, uh, you know, it just didn't didn't interest me all that much. I mean, it looked cool. The trailer certainly was nice. There was still something that I didn't get out of a Star Wars movie that I'm still waiting for. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, I feel like maybe I have to watch Andor to get it, which is an actual Star War. That's what I hear a lot of. It's like, okay. But, you know... Um, the problem with Disney is they certainly don't, you know, it's like, all right, let's take a little break, you know? It's like, let's, it's like, okay, a Star Wars TV show worked. Let's do them forever. Yes. You know? Let's and never like, stop. Like at the one D23 Expo where they just had like a whole screen of titles and logos for shows for the next few years. And it's like, God damn it, I'm exhausted just looking at that. The Adventures of Uncle Owen. That script bot's going to get tired at some point. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were watching uh, the trailer for this because, like, the trailer was really cool. It was like a Super Bowl trailer, probably. This really is mm-hmm. a trilogy of awesome trailers. Not Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker had a really shitty trailer that culminated with her flipping out her double lightsaber. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah, the double lightsaber. The uh-huh. butterfly double lightsaber where it unfolds. Nah, we'll get to that fucking force awakens it's you know it's got some interesting visuals i like i i was intrigued by the look of the stormtroopers they looked really neat uh i liked no we got a new look for the stormtroopers we got our first stormtrooper protagonist which is really cool and i really loved uh, even though it was like kind of made fun of when the trailer came out the look of uh kylo ren's lightsaber yeah no that's fucking cool the idea of a cross guard on a lightsaber makes a lot of sense no, it all depends on how you fight with him, and say, like, you know, none of these these are space wizards. Well, and and not just the design of his lightsaber, but also the fact that he has a fractured kyber crystal in there, so the blade looks way more frazzled and mm-hmm. like kind of just it's like a flame kind of. Yeah, it's like wearing like you know f- like distressed jeans. Yeah, you know, it's edgier. Honestly, I do like to think of like in a weird way. I think of. Um, I think of Kylo Ren as um, Max Landis, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, explain. Because uh, he's an evil, overprivileged guy <laughs> who, like, hates his dad, you know? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's really mean to say about Kylo Ren. <laughs> uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Kylo Ren's got. At least he was manipulated by an evil space wizard. What's Max Landis's excuse? (laughs) Uh, He's just an activated piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, But no, I I remember being very excited for this going into it, and uh, 
uh, prior events from that day aside, going in, I think we saw this one in IMAX too, like downtown. Oh, so it was super, oh, big, super big. Yeah, and yeah, that, and it also this it, is shot on thirty-five millimeter too, which is like a very welcome respite from the original, the prequels, which were shot in HD. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's funny to think that. Fucking Return of the Jedi was nineteen twenty by ten eighty, <laughs> but um no, I remember though uh, it, it was a little tainted for me though also because some fucker on Facebook went out of his way to spoil Han Solo's big moment at the end of the film for me like literally just dropped the fucking screenshot on one of my posts like out of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. Are you shitting me? I've Damn. never wanted to reach through a computer monitor and murder someone with my bare hands more than that moment. Oh, that, that's <laughs> some bullshit, dude. That is some bullshit. Yeah. I but, do. Uh, I did pretty well to avoid a lot of the spoilers. And uh, I mean, yeah, I don't think I knew that going in that Han was gonna die. Yeah, I had a feeling, honestly, though. I had like a bad feeling about this because I had a, yeah, I, I, you know, I have a passing, well, like a very deep from deep from passing familiarity with uh, kind of the expanded universe stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like the heroes, usually, I, I feel like they were gonna kill off somebody that was old yeah. to try and like do something dramatic and big. I mean, it's. So, was the what was the first movie that really was trotting out the olds? Was this it? Uh, it was like when we when it was all about it's like we got the original cast and they're like super old. I feel like there was probably some like examples before that. Phantasm certainly. Man, I'm, no. Literally every time they do the sequel, it's like we got the original cast and they're super. And they're super old. <laughs> I'm tired during the day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I feel like there, there there have to be other examples. Yeah, I'm really trying to think of it. I, I don't know. Like, I guess... They're called legacy sequels. Yes, legacy sequels. Honest, honestly, um, yeah. This this might have been the first... Hall- at least the first big one. Because how? Yeah, Halloween, Halloween 2018 was after this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Blade Runner 2049, of course. Yep. Uh-huh. Which is just like... And now we're doing it again with... Her. Although, I guess maybe Crystal Skull. But what's interesting was Crystal Skull was... I don't know. What's interesting about Crystal Skull was it was like all about setting up a franchise that was never going to fucking happen. It's like, now Shia LaBeouf's your Indiana Jones. And America was like, no. Uh, I say, no, the fuck he isn't. <laughs> it's not quite a legacy se- sequel because it's not like we're following Shia LaBeouf's character. We're still following Indy. And there's no other returning cast members. Yeah, there is. You got... Uh... What's her name? Karen... Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, Marion comes back. Yeah, but we don't have people like uh, we don't have uh, we don't get Sala. Oh no, we don't. Or um, like any of his other professor buddies. Do you well, think? Uh, dead. Do you think Hugh Hequan will come back for um, this new Indiana Jones? Probably not. A short round. Probably not. Why not? He's he's having a moment right now. They probably already shot this thing before that moment even came. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not very excited about watching. James Mangold directing a digitally de-aged Harrison Ford <laughs> fighting Nazis in the 60s. Yeah, I don't know. Looking it up. Oh, um, well, apparently, according to this list of legacy sequels. Uh, oh, you know what? That is one I was thinking of, but I didn't know if that counted. What? Uh, Color of Money. Oh, uh, the the, uh, the Wall Street sequel. 
no, no, no. no, no Color that's of Money, money Never is... Sleeps. Color of Money is oh. the sequel to Two. Hustlers. Yeah. Oh, well, that. No, not, not Hustlers. The Hustler. Oh, The Hustler. Oh, yeah, so The Hustler okay. was the black and white one with Paul Newman. Oh. And then Scorsese did the sequel with that's... Tom Cruise as like the young pool okay, player. Okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, another one I totally should have thought about, but I don't know if maybe it counted enough. Uh, the Tron sequel. Fuck oh, yeah, yeah, Tron Legacy. Okay, Tron Legacy is probably a primo example. Yeah, it's not a it's not a particularly successful example, but it does have a lot of the shit that we associate with it, which is weird digital de aging at one point and old actors coming back to play their characters. Yeah. No, yeah, but like, yeah, I've never seen it though personally. I've never even seen the original Tron. What's weird is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's like you'd be a much better movie if it had less connections to the original. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't Which know. is also the case with with um, you know, a lot of these Star Wars movies. It's like, yeah. And when Kylo Ren is like, "Let the past die," like I was really on board with that. Because I mean, even and then in this, and then in, <laughs> they just completely throw that all out. Yeah. But I mean, even in in the prequels, there was a, a an overuse of like, oh, remember that from the originals, like just no. thrown in there. Like now, maybe they didn't return any like actors, so to speak, because you know. They couldn't really do that, but well, they're they still brought, just they a brought Palpatine's actor. Is that this? Yeah, is he the same as he was in Return of the Jedi? Oh, I mean, they de-aged him the old-fashioned way with makeup, but yes, that is the same actor from Return of the Jedi. Oh, huh, okay. Well, uh, now young Skywalker, and and then of course <laughs> Frank Oz. Die. Uh, but uh, I mean, mm. so it doesn't have legacy like returning characters, but it does like. But the point is, like prequels still milked the shit out of nostalgia. Yeah. Even before the sequels, so uh, like kind of drained the cow. No, that that's why I'm saying like you know in the name of moving on. I don't know, but then they decided that that's not what they're about. You know, these movies are about celebrating the past. Wasn't or- it better in the 1960s before we were all fucking forced to live with people of different belief structures <laughs> and ethnicities? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> like they ultimately remembered the real message of Disney. Bob Iger came in and was like, "Well, we've had seems like we've had a bit of a light year." Oof. Yes. <laughs> but, the uh, boys are back in town. The boys s- are back in town. So Force Awakens, it's it it reuses. It basically remakes the first movie. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, except it's, we're on a different sand planet. Yeah, with we're a, a different planet killer thing because it's bigger it's an actual planet (laughs) yeah it's no moon it's a space planet it's a it's a whole ass planet that they turned into a thing and it eats suns i will say though i actually do like kylo ren a lot like i I, love i I like the idea that like that it's like obviously in this first movie there at at least in the beginning they're just straight up remaking darth vader but by the end of the movie, it's more like, hey, what if we remade Darth Vader, but he actually was, like, you know, conflicted with what he's doing? It's like, well, we did kind of sort of get that a little bit with Anakin in the Revenge in Attack of the, of the Clones and Revenge yeah. of the Sith. But it's like, what if Darth Vader, what if James Earl Jones voiced Darth Vader felt a little bad? <laughs> what if we had a good actor playing that role yeah. of Anakin? Adam Driver, yeah. one but of no, the best I, actors in the world. I, I do, I do enjoy that conflict within him, or he's which we see more of in Rise of, or in uh, in um, 
Last Jedi, but still, yes. we get a little bit of it here in Force Awakens. No, and you the know, end. yeah, he's like he's got a pretty cool introduction, and um, he stops a blaster bolt. Yeah, yeah which we get to awesome. see a blaster bolt frozen in the air, and it's all staticky. Yeah, that was really cool. But um, so this movie, um, so some of the issues is they're a little overstuffed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like we have too many heroes. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of characters that jj's not good at like you know following wrangling yeah yeah Uh, they're just kind of presented more or less no and it's poe is probably the one that gets like just well maybe not him maybe finn more so than poe is just kind of like presented and doesn't really have an arc so to speak no it's like these i don't know these characters are different depending on who's directing the movie Mm -hmm. yeah it's like their motivations and everything completely change but it's like yeah you have poe dameron who's like He's kind of your Han Solo, but he's also kind of your Luke. Yeah, he's not like he's not a criminal, but he's like just a very daring pilot hero kind of character. And it's like, oh, he puts a message inside of a droid, you know? Yeah, because we've done that before. And like, oh, the main difference is this droid can fucking move. Yeah, BB-8 is a great and fun, cute, cute, and adorable design. Yes, he's a fun little merchandise addition. Yep. Yep. Hey, honestly, I would still kill for one of those remote control BB-8s. Yeah, come yeah. on, those are really, really cool. And I mean, I do love like, like especially this one. Like the puppet work is fantastic. Like mm-hmm. how BB-8 is is a rolling puppet is really cool. No, and J.J. Abrams has some great puppets in all of them, but then they have like. The weird big guy that's voiced by Simon Pegg, who is a puppet but looks like CGI. Yeah, it's kind of that weird uh, raptor paint over kind of thing. And it's like, I don't know, there's parts of this movie that are bad that remind me of Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Which is <laughs> oh, man. The worst thing that I could say about your movie, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> I can agree. It's like, you know what sucks worse than all the prequels? is fucking Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Agreed. <laughs> that movie... I still it. haven't seen it, oh, but movie. I know that they hate it. Mm-hmm. That movie is a French piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. there's something that JJ like really tries to do with the Force Awakens, and that is like call forward, you know, kind of like at least the creative style of the original Star Wars movies, which is puppets and makeup and and shooting on film, like I said, where yeah. you can see the grain, which is really nice. And you know, a nice sets like even though Jakku is more, it's basically Tatooine. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we really get anything very new in terms of like settings. We really don't. Well, no, we kind of do with uh, the surface of Starkiller Base, which is kind of like the more like kind of foresty, snow capped, like kind of mountainous looking environment. Yeah, I guess. I guess I can't really think of a planet that was similar. Yeah. Other but, than that, no. We I mean like uh the uh the planet where um at least Rogue One took us to a tropical area. That, that was nice. cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, cuz like the planet where uh what's uh the uh the bartender alien chick or whatever they go to uh Lisa Simpson. Maz. Maz. Yeah. Maz like that, Simpson. That planet that her her tavern is on that's clearly Endor. Her castle. Yeah, her castle. Uh, you got um, uh, Tatooine light with Jakku. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's fucking Moss was like shut up, guys. <laughs> another example of just a character who's like, oh, it's hype around them, and just never really got anything out of it. Yeah. Well, so- not only that, but also presents 
very glaring questions that just do not get answered ever yeah. <laughs> in this trilogy. She, uh... Like, how do you have Luke's lightsaber? And where's his hand? Well, that... Yeah, oh, the yeah, hand is still that? out there. If you ever watch the Evil Dead TV show, there's a whole thing about Ash's hand still being out there. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Cool. And Xena finds it. <laughs> the actress who played Xena. No, oh, I thought this is going to be a crossover with Xena, unfortunately. No, but it's, it's her as a badass because Sam Raimi and Ted Raimi back in the day did create yeah. Xena and Hercules and young Hercules. Yeah, of course. of course. Starring a young Ryan Gosling who would later on play K in Blade Runner 2049, starring Harrison Ford, who is mm-hmm. also in The Force Awakens, Kevin Bacon. What? Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> I, I didn't follow any of I that. I did a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon to return us back to the conversation. <laughs> You didn't have to, but... I didn't have to. Kevin Bacon was like, oh, I'm so happy to be in the Marvel Universe because he plays himself in the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, you think we forgot that you played a Nazi in X-Men First Class, Kevin Bacon? (laughs) (laughs) I remember you played a Nazi and you killed Magneto's parents. That's why he was mad at you. No, just his mother. We don't know what happened to his dad. Fuck his dad. Isn't his dad an actual mutant? I don't know. Because it's passed down through the man's genes. Maybe. I don't know. The man's genes. That's why Nightcrawler can teleport, but he has his mom's blue skin. To pass down through the men 2022 genes. <laughs> but uh yeah, Force Awakens it does it, it like it it does look neat in a lot of places. No, it's just it's characters that he presents, they're just like they're just kind of like placeholders practically for like ex not, I wouldn't even say exposition because we don't really get a whole lot of exposition for how this universe works. No, and like Han and Chewie are smuggling some they're smuggling some giant tentacle monsters and they're like, oh, we tracked the Millennium Falcons. Like, so it's been sitting in a junkyard this whole time and you like just what, left it there. You didn't. Why didn't you track it before? Well, I mean, supposedly it was like stolen from him by like two degrees down from people. And so like that's why he didn't know where it was. I guess maybe they put like a, a tracker dampener on it uh, back on Jakku or something. It would be funny if like just get to see them like beating up old Harrison Ford to take his <laughs> Millennium Falcon from <laughs> It's like, Joey, they got my keys. <laughs> Are there keys? Uh, no. You can just, if you can get in, you can just... You can just take the ship. I mean, that's really what they do in in on Jakku when Ray, uh, Ray's ship. Well, gets no, because blown she up. was like hot wiring it. I thought no, it's not hot wiring it. Doesn't it never looks like anything's being hot wired. Yeah, in no, Solo, it, in like Solo it is because he like steals the switch. Okay, well, maybe they should have keys. I don't know. Maybe they should have keys, but we don't know and how. Like it a works. car alarm, but for a ship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you like touch the ship. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Star Wars. Uh, but yeah, a lot of characters. Finn and Poe and uh, Ray, which I like Ray. I do yeah. like Ray. No, she's cool. I mean, uh, she's a little flat, which is, you know, kind of the problem with doing strong female characters is that they're allowed to have one or two goals, but mostly they're not very colorful beyond that. Mm. Yeah, like she doesn't get that in this one at least. Next one she gets a little bit better, but yeah, in uh, Force Awakens it's kind of just like she's able to like scrap anything together and like build stuff, and uh, she's capable with a blaster at first time, or at least supposedly first time. No, and they have this thing where it's like he's like, "Oh no, I got to go help that girl," and then she beats up the guys, and it's like, "Whoa, I don't need to help the girl." 
Yeah, and then oh, she yeah, chases she him that. down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ha, you misogynistic piece of shit. <laughs> but then later on, it's like, hey, you don't know how to use a gun, do you, kid? <laughs> I'm Harrison Ford, and I can teach you Zoomers a thing or two. But I also don't mind it so much because I, I mean, is this still... just propaganda to try to make Zoomers respect the Boomers? It could be. Could be. Uh, I mean, I think that, it's... is that what it is? Is that what these legacy sequels are? <laughs> respect Boomers. Respect your Boomer elders, <laughs> even though they couldn't actually do any of this shit. No. Like if if any. If... If a fucking guy broke into Jamie Lee Curtis's house today. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. Her, obviously, her security guards would probably fucking blow him away. <laughs> I her, certainly hope so. Her Patrick Warburton uh, bodyguards. Hey, do drop. <laughs> it's a Scream Three reference. But uh, I don't mind so much that Ray is like kind of this ultra capable person. No, I don't. I don't care. I'm just because I mean, you know, Anakin and Luke. It's kind of a staples that we it's have. It's not like, that she's ultra capable though. It's like we have to underline it. Mm. That's what I think is bullshit. Is that it's like Finn's like, oh, I have to save the lady, and it's like, ha, huh, you see, you don't have to save the lady. But then you still have moments where he's like, it's undercutting her. You know, it's like you know plenty, kid, but you don't know everything. Mm. Zoomers. Yeah, <laughs> it's not super bad. I will, no, I, super bad stars Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. You know, I actually just found at my parents' place a copy of Super Bad on UMD, the little disc thing for the PlayStation Portable. Holy shit! Yeah, I don't know why I have that, but I do. <laughs> wow. Do you even have a PSP anymore? Not anymore. It's yeah. somewhere buried somewhere. But do you guys remember when the PSP was like that's the best? That's the best thing ever. How how are we ever going to top that? <laughs> and then the Nintendo Switch. Well, there's something uh, when it comes this movie, like going to the how Ray is kind of like has to like like it's like oh you don't have to save Ray, she's she can take care of herself. Is that there's another thing that this movie has a lot of and it's a lot of bathos. And ver- oh, which is like undercutting a serious moment with a needless comedy. Exactly, and there's a lot of it. It's kind of that. Um, uh, it's kind of it's it was kind of presented in Avengers with Joss Whedon, and Disney was still flying high on that shit, so it was kind of like inserted and injected, you know, in Star Wars as well. No, and like yeah, so this is right on the heel. Did they buy Star Wars before Marvel? No, they didn't buy Star Wars before Marvel. Marvel was way way before it was sold. Then I'm just like trying to remember because like Iron Man wasn't Disney, right? No, no, that it was, was Paramount. Paramount. But wow. Uh, I think it was with Iron Man 2 that that's when it started going to Disney. Do you think they, like, regret it? What, Marvel? Like, like selling, I don't know. No, uh, I don't think so. The problem with Star Wars and Marvel being owned by Disney is that they're not special anymore. Well, I mean, the thing with the difference between Marvel's being purchased by Disney and Star Wars being purchased by Disney, I don't see why George would sell Star Wars to Disney. Marvel... They were going through the dark ages of uh, comics and the comic bo- and the comic speculator boom crash, and like they were like famous, infamously like in a bankruptcy, mm-hmm. and so Star Wars, I mean, so Marvel was doing very, very poorly financially, and so that's why they were also like selling movie rights like crazy in the two thousands and late nineties, so that they could try and make back some of that money through movie deals. Well, George Lucas was going through a divorce, right? Uh, wasn't that before? Well, yeah, maybe he fucking wanted more money again. Uh, it feels like that's kind of like, I don't know. 
That could be, I guess, but I still don't I know. I mean, what, what other would motivation as, would there be beyond money, though? Like, I don't know. Like, he didn't want it anymore. Maybe, maybe he was burnt out after the prequels. Like, people like, like, I hate the prequels, but people, there are people out there that just like vehemently just like hate the prequels and like blame him for ruining everything with those movies. And there's a whole documentary about it as well. So I feel like who knows? Maybe it was to just like some kind of way of get rid of, getting rid of baggage for him mentally of some sort. Yeah, Honestly, maybe like maybe, since yeah. nobody will ever expect him to do another Star Wars, so they would just stop asking him about it. That's also possible because he was he's he famously said after the prequels that he would never make another Star Wars movie again. Well, he tried to make his movie about the Tuskegee Airmen. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Seen by nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. So. Uh, you know, it's a, so I think Disney's purchase of Star Wars is kind of like so they can have another thing in their pocket and they just didn't do much with it. And it's not like they made a bad movie, particularly. They made an okay movie. It's one of the movies ever made. I call it the okayest Star Wars film ever made. Yeah. So this was 2016, right? Uh, 15. Mm-hmm. Can we look up what movies were out that year? I'm just curious. Oh, sure. Uh, we had a uh, blade. Um, no, not blade. Uh, blade. No, uh, Mad Max. Blade three. Mad Max was uh, Fury Road was twenty fifteen. Oh, it was, was Fury Road out that year. Fury Road was out that year. Well, that's obviously the best movie of that year. Hell yes. Whatever year that that movie was out was the best. It was the best movie of that year. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see. Uh, there was also um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh God. And nice. Spectre. Ooh, mm. okay. Like Spectre. I do like Spectre. It's not. Yeah. Spectre was fun. Man from Uncle, San Andreas. Man from oh. Uncle is a lot of fun. Chappie? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. Oh, we got Jurassic World that year. Oh, wow. this was a year of a lot of hype with a lot of disappointment. I'll tell you that much. Age of Ultron. Guys, oh, yeah. this was the year of minions. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was. Wow. Oh, and Krampus. That's a good movie. Ooh, you guys got... ever see Krampus? No, no, I gotta I see it though because to. I just watched Trick or Treat, which is the same director. I got the 4K Naughty Cut from Shout Factory last year, and I still haven't watched Ooh, it. Ooh, the Naughty so. Cut! So yeah, let's totally do that shit someday. Oh fuck yeah, let's do a Christmas. Yeah, Christmas Ooh. showing. It is Christmas. Also, the Hateful Eight, the Revenant. There we go. We got Mission Impossible. Hateful Eight and Revenant. That's some very snowy westerns. Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. I still need to catch up on those. Tomorrowland. Yeah, nobody saw that. <laughs> Furious 7? I think I did see that. It's really hard to differentiate those movies. So, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't a terrible movie. It was, it was a pretty good year for movies, I'd say. No, that was... Honestly, that's a lot of, like... Like I said, there's also a lot of hype with a lot of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember how we thought after the first trailer that Chappie was going to be, like, amazing? Yeah. I, I still want to see Chappie someday. It's like if you want to put together a pretty good Neil Blomkamp trilogy, it just doesn't make you feel good. It's, you the, it's the okayest Neil Blomkamp movie. Yeah, it's like they go they go down. You know? Yeah, but it's not like it's not it's not worse than Elysium. You think it's better? I than, like. You think I it's think as it's be- good? No, I don't think it's as good as Elysium. I think it's better than Elysium. What mm. Chappie? Yes, I, I disagree. Elysium. I think that District Nine is his best. Then it's Elysium under that, and then Chappie under that. And see, and that's where I. And then, no, his his best movies are his shorts that he did for Oats. His, after uh, yes. his best Firebase, movie, his best movie could have been an Alien sequel, but we're never gonna fucking know that. No, and that's now. like it's pretty weird with all these legacy sequels. We still haven't fucking trotted Sigourney Weaver out. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It's gonna happen. Obviously, I oh, think it's, I think Fede Alvarez is doing it now. 
Oh wait, wasn't Sigourney Weaver in uh, that Ghostbuster sequel? Um. Well, no, we're talking about Alien right now. Yeah, she was. She did pop up in a cameo. Oh, we're talking and... specifically about. Okay, she had yeah. a cameo in the Kristen. Did she play herself in the uh, in the uh, fucking Finn Wolfhard one? Um, that's literally what I said. Yeah, I, yeah. She well, showed. I, she I showed didn't up. know which Star because she. I didn't know which Ghostbusters you're referring to because she did. also had a cameo in the fucking Kristen Wiig one. She oh did? God, she did. Yeah, she was Kate McKinnon's uh, mentor. Oh, oh God. Am I the only one who saw the Lady Ghostbusters movie? I yes. saw it, but I forgot about it. It was it right at the end, right when we revealed that um, the other girl's uh, uncle or dad was the guy from Ghostbusters. I really should know their names. <laughs> Um, I feel like we're dodging uh, Force Awakens. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's it's just. It's really hard because just nobody's ever made any podcasts about Star Wars. I yeah. feel like. So like, the, where do we begin? I feel like the story <laughs> of of it getting made is more interesting than the actual story and what happens in the movie itself. I don't even care so much about how it's getting made, like, but how did it affect us as Star Wars fans? I I remember being very excited for it because you know I remember really loving the prequels and like Sam. And, um, you know, seeing, oh, shit, we're going to get new Star Wars. You know, like, I, I'm i at a point now where I try to look on everything po- in a positive light. So it's like, you know, if I like something and Hollywood's willing to give me more of something I like, then yeah. fuck yeah, awesome, I'm down, let's go. No, and, and so like- see- seeing new Star Wars, it's like, oh, shit, this is going to be awesome. But now cut to what uh uh seven years later and oh my god we've gotten so much new star wars and it's like oh for the love of god no calm no we're down like, we're like running out of people to trot back out you know yeah it's like ewan mcgregor yeah you know like and Clone just, Trooper guy to play boba fett even five. though he was the original boba fett Yay. no he wasn't yeah it's just I don't know, it's too much of a good thing sometimes, you know, and it's like we I had to wait years for Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Like it's it, that by I the time Star Wars came back, I was already a man and it meant nothing to me. I, I, will, I will say that's that's definitely I would say probably the biggest con of Force Awakens and its ensuing success is that Star Wars just doesn't feel special anymore. It's just like with Marvel. You know, as much as I love Marvel and the MCU, it doesn't feel special anymore. It's like when you, it's like I remember when uh, Iron Man came out and was super kick ass. And then next thing you know, oh, they announce a Thor movie and oh, we're going to do Captain America. And it's like they're spread out across years. And it was like, oh shit, this is going to be awesome. Are they doing an Avengers movie? Yeah. And then that comes and it's like, holy shit. It's like, you know, I don't feel that about Marvel anymore. They announce a new hero coming. It's like, okay, yeah, I knew that would come. Uh, I knew that was going to come eventually. Uh, I'll still totally see it, but it's like, okay, cool. Same with Star Wars now. It's like, you know, a new Star Wars movie gets out. It's like, yeah, and? Yeah. Like, who cares? It's okay, yeah, and water's wet. Tell me something else I don't know. Of course Although, we're you know, we are, Star Wars. Yeah, we have had a little break with Star Wars movies. It's been all TV ever since The Mandalorian came out. Yeah. This is true. They can... You know, which is cool because they can do more stuff story-wise. But with that, it's almost like it's almost like a reverse Star Trek problem in a weird way. Yeah, like Star Trek, they couldn't really like tick off with great movie plots compared to what could they do with the show. And Star Wars, their movie plots, their their plots have gotten way better by going into shows. 
Yeah. I think because also they they're giving themselves more elbow room, a little more room to breathe. They're not necessarily restricted to telling an entire story in two, two and a half hours. It's like, okay, we can spread this across six hours worth of time, you know? But just like for the most part though, like the Mandalorian was fantastic. No, but it's also the best when it wasn't beholden to the fucking Jedi bullshit. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just we gotta get away from the fucking Skywalker shit. Like, I'm really not that interested in like the star in like the Jedi's anymore. Like, I want to see a fucking Star War. We get a little bit of it in Solo. Yeah, I mean, Force Awakens is still like it's still the most financially successful Star Wars that's ever existed. It's the fourth highest grossing movie of all time. Well, that's adjusted good, yeah. for inflation. Adjusted for inflation, yes. No, and that's like, okay. you know, but that's like the hype, you know. There was a lot of hype surrounding this movie, and like they've never, because like this, that was the longest gap between Star Wars movies, I think, at the time. Yes, it was. It was It was a 10-year gap, because uh, Revenge of the Sith was 2005, this was 2015, so. Yeah, because like I think, yeah, Return of the Jedi was, what, like 89 or 90-something? No, Return of the... Oh, no. Okay, no, that's actually the longest gap because Return of the Jedi was 83 and Revenge of... Uh, and Phantom Menace was 99. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Either way. Well, that's why everyone was very excited for Phantom Menace. No, I remember... And like, why everyone was also really willing to be forgiving of Phantom Menace when it came out. No, I loved it and I remember using dial-up internet and had to wait like an hour for the trailer for Phantom Menace to load. I still have the ticket stub from when my parents took my sister and I to see it. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Where'd you go? Um, most likely we went to Movie Co. Like Movie this was, Co. This was the Phantom Menace dropped the year after we moved down here. So like we moved down here in summer of '98. So yeah, just under a year later, Phantom Menace dropped. No, and um, I remember. Um, I think the nail in the coffin for George was when he re-released Phantom Menace in 3D. He's yeah. like, I'm going to do this for all the prequels. And we were like, no the fuck you're not. Oops. Well, wasn't he going to do that for all the Star Wars movies at the time? Eventually, but we and would he have started to with sit- Phantom yeah, Menace. Exactly, because he's going in order. Oh. Guy, if we want to watch um, guy, if we want to watch these in order, we'll go watch the DVDs and Blu-rays. Just if we're gonna drop money to go sit somewhere that's not home and watch these, give us the shit we want first, and then later on. <laughs> yeah, if you really want to do that. Now, um, <sighs> wasn't uh, Force Awakens released in 3D? Was 3D still popular at the time? Did I, yeah, I think this I, was also. Yeah, it was like the. Kind of the tail end of the post-production 3D. Yeah. God, that was awful. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Fucking Clash the Titans and like... In it, what's weird was James Cameron kicked it off, but he would he did like really good post-production 3D. Mm-hmm. Like, but like all these other movies were doing notoriously bad post-production 3D. It's Shape but, of... Um, not Shape of Water. Walk of Water? Way of Water? That didn't yeah, have a 3D Avatar release. of way, way of Water. Piranha 3D did though, and that was fucking amazing. Yes. Wow. And 3DD. I don't know if anybody saw that in I theaters. Did. You did? Was yes, it in 3D? Yes, it was. Was it good? No, but in a fucking awesome way. It was directed by John Gulliger, who did Feast, which is one of the only good Project Greenlight movies. Hmm. I'm trying to think of other things to say about it. It's got Henry Rollins. I, <laughs> I mean, like, in regards to Force Awakens, I mean, like... There's a... 
There's a big chunk of political plot that I feel like doesn't get talked about much in there, which is a, you know, how does the First Order get formed and what's the relation with the New Republic and the Resistance? Isn't that kind of what the Mandalorian's about? No. No, not at all. The First Order is never really talked about. In the... Well, I thought that's what they're establishing is that the First Order is rebuilding itself. No, they haven't no, established that at all. Because no. they still call themselves the Empire. <laughs> remember? Don't you remember with the scene with Bill Burr? Like the, that with that colonel guy? He's like... To the Richard, empire, to to Richard, our, it's Richard Brake. Long, long live the empire, man! Barbarian, you guys see it? It's on HBO Max for now. <laughs> um, at the time of recording, in, but, you know, in regards to Force Awakens, though, I mean, like it's you know, I feel like it's tough to really kind of talk just because there's not really much going on. It's like we've seen this already. It's, all right, so what it's are we? A new hope. Like, let's just go through what we like. We all love, although the trailer hyped it up too much. Was the fucking uh, stormtrooper who's like, traitor, and he whips out the fucking baton to beat up the dude with the lightsaber. Uh, yes, TR-8R, not his actual name. Yeah. Now it is, though. Yeah, it's canon now. <laughs> it's canon now, bitch. Uh, I, for one, really like the lightsaber fight in this movie. The lightsaber yeah, very... fight is fantastic. So yeah, that was something we hadn't seen before, which was a snowbound lightsaber fight, which was very uh, Kurosawa. Oh, yeah. Very... Uh, very uh the the great silence very sergio corbucci very kill bill very kill bill very operatic this might get into this might actually get into a really passionate discussion but i don't like the lightsaber fights in the prequels i do they're very anime yes they're jumping around they're doing anime logic uh you know and like they're fighting in places that are ridiculous like even my favorite lightsaber fight in the prequels where yoda fights palpatine it is stupid. <laughs> it's very stupid, but like, you know, what's interesting about Star Wars lightsaber fights is that they're oftentimes very emotional. Yes, which is what I like about the uh possibly one of my favorite lightsaber fights is the fight in Empire. Oh, oh yeah. Empire, yes. Empire is and that's because the emotions behind it are so strong, but also Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi's lightsaber fight is really good. When he when he's distinctly doesn't want to kill his father and it's about the Emperor trying to push them, but you know, you do have that with the Duel of the Fates. Like there's some great moments in Duel of the Fates. You, as you pointed out, the music does a lot of the heavy lifting. But man, I don't know. I mean, going back to that moment, watching Liam Neeson get killed by Darth Maul was one of the most devastating. That was like watching Mufasa die. Yeah, that's something you just didn't really expect. You didn't. Yeah, that and that hit way harder than fucking Han Solo dying in this one. Yeah, because it's like because like I just got the vibe that it was like Han Solo. I really, I I have a fan theory that he activated the lightsaber himself because he wanted to die. <laughs> Maybe Harrison Ford did. Yeah, he's like, that's why it's like, can you help me? And he's like, take the lightsaber from me. He's like, no, I'm going to kill myself and blame you. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you killed me. Oh, you killed me, my son. My son killed me. Chewie, shoot him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be a bad guy and say... I like. Uh, I actually got more out of Harrison, uh, out of not Harrison Ford, out of Han Solo's death than I did. Um, fuck, I forgot his name already. Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, but I see, got really sad wrong, when I thought though. Babu Frick died in the third one. Uh, <laughs> wait, no, he didn't. I say, I'm saying I was really sad when I thought he died because oh, that yeah. whole planet got blown up. Oh yeah, that whole planet got blown up. 
anyway, millions of civilians. I, but I'd, so I'd, I'd really, say also, I'd say also, there's a good amount of emotion in Anakin versus Obi Wan's fight in Revenge of the Sith. Oh well, yeah, that's that's the emotional fight. No, that's a classic one, and like him getting burnt up, and you're like, I hate well, not even you. not even that, but just no, like, just the whole yeah, yeah, very CGI mm, though. I understand. Shut up, Sam. <laughs> look, mm, eh, look, sorry. Sam. Just try to. I'm just. I, I you have a point. I have. I, you're I, not. You're it's not. It's not wrong. a good point. But <laughs> come on, the best fight in the prequels is uh, not in any of the movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, at him killing all the kids. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> I just said it's not in any of the movies. That's it's, in the show Obi Wan. I hear. That's kind of. I just want to watch it for that. Well, I was going to talk about Clone Wars more than anything. Oh yeah. Clone Wars does so much heavy lifting for the prequels, like making Darth Maul an interesting fucking character, or just giving. Anakin like a partner slash Padawan that he's had the whole time. Yeah, but uh, but what I like about the the lightsaber fights in the sequels is that they're really grounded, and there are people that aren't like professionals, so to speak, at lightsaber dueling. They're like they're very amateurish. They're just kind of like it's very much like people just fighting with regular swords and are not doing a whole lot of crazy acrobatics. And I really like that about this sword fight. I I feel like the the uh, the the lightsaber fights in. in the sequels, I feel are kind of like a good happy medium between the original and prequel trilogies. It's like you know, we get a little they're bit still of more ground. They're still more grounded, like the the originals, but they're way more interesting than the originals, like the prequels were. Like, mm. like I, I don't give a fuck what you say. Watching guys just kind of swings laser beams around like they're fucking heavy is boring. I want to watch something action-filled. And you know what? I feel like I do get that with these more kind of classic-leaning but still awesome lightsaber fights in the sequels. Sam hates anime, so we know. Yeah, I know. Sam's, <laughs> Sam, Sam just revels in being wrong. It's fine. I'm the heel in this podcast. That's what we've all agreed on. But uh, I will say, though, I really liked Finn lighting up the lightsaber in no, and, uh, in this one i thought that was really cool him yeah going after kylo no and i thought That's we like, could get a you know i thought he could be a jedi too yeah, you know that would have been fun for him yeah but fuck him <laughs> no fuck him indeed <laughs> john boyega this was his first big hollywood movie after um attack, attack the, block. the block which is an amazing Good movie amazing movie british horror movie by joe cornish he's a british kid Doing a great American accent in this. Yeah. But why? <laughs> why can't he just be British like so many other people are in space? Like our lead. Yeah, like Ray. <laughs> yeah, like Ray is. It's like, would that make them too? It's like, oh, are we just, we just, we don't like it when, you know, people have British accents because it makes them, makes us feel inferior. What? Well, <laughs> I, I know that, I know that historically Hollywood cat would cast British actors, like for instance, as like ancient Romans or ancient Greeks. No, of or course, yeah. Anything that's not America to, is to British. Kinda, to yeah, kind of, well, course. no, to kind, well, not just that, but also to kind of give them that air of prominence, you know, like sophistication. So it's like in right. Ray's case, while she is scum that comes from nothing, she's still our Jedi protagonist. Whereas Finn is just a stormtrooper grunt on the front lines. Yeah, so. and that reminds me of how horrible the twist of Oliver Twist is. I don't. I've never seen Oliver what, Twist. Well, so what I don't do you know. mean? Well, what, 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 the what? twist is that he was rich this whole time, and that's why he's nice. You know, he's like he's the bastard son of a rich family, and that's why he's so delicate and friendly. Is that he was just he just has royal blood. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I never really got that as the reason why. Hmm. 
I mean, I'm just saying it's kind of it's kind of it's it's almost very like the Rise of Skywalker twist. <laughs> it's like oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because like it's like oh yeah, horrible things have happened, you know. But it's like you deserve to be free of this, not because you're a human being, but because you are, you do have royal blood. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, no the 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 lightsaber fight in force awakens is definitely one of the better highlights of the film although we do have one of my one of my cinematic pet peeves which is the hole that opens and we're perfectly on the opposite side yeah (laughs) it's like we don't fall in we're just perfectly separated the earth separates them from each other like lord of the rings i i do i do like i remember getting goosebumps when uh you know uh kylo's defeated finn and uh uh, he he goes to grab the uh, the lightsaber with the force, and it's just kind of stuck there. Next thing you know, it finally flings out of the snow, flies past him, and boom! Ray catches it. Yeah, and now, just the musical cue with that, and when she hits it and lights it up, it's just like, oh, buddy, here we go. <laughs> now I had such a Mandela moment where uh, we were talking about how there's different force powers introduced in these. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like Sam said to me, it's like, well, telekinesis wasn't even a thing in the first Star Wars movie. And like, I fucking, that blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, the force is just kind of presented as like this It's just a general thing. thing. <laughs> no, like, so. More like, like, a, like a Zen Buddhist kind of thing. But uh, I do love the moment where they're talking about, he's like, you know nothing of the force. And she's like, oh, yeah the force and she closes her eyes and john williams is all like ball with the ball with dag a dag dig a dig a ball with the <laughs> my know? name is ray skywalker ray skywalker ball da bang da bang da bang da all right we did star, it. star wars force awakens score brought to you by what's Kid Rock. Kid. oh i was gonna say the guy from mike shinoda <laughs> <laughs> mike shinoda and kid rock they finally collaborated <laughs> which okay going that reminds me there oh yeah the raid cast is yeah in this. so there's a, there's a, there's a series of wasted cameos in this like with lupita nyong'o as yellow lady we have simon Pegg as just the blob man who sits at the counter we don't really get much else from him other than offering quarter portions and we then, do get a fun daniel craig cameo as yeah but trooper zero zero seven we have like, max fucking von sydow in the opening and he's just cool. killed Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then he died for real. <laughs> Supposedly, he's part of that whole Andor shit, but I don't know. Who knows? Andy Serkis is also part of that. Does that mean he's Snoke? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, that that kind of annoyed me, though. I ran it's away like, from home and joined the Andy Serkis. You, you have so many great character actors and so many familiar faces. Yeah, and we you got don't Carrie do, Fisher. You don't, well, no, I'm talking in terms of these cameos. Oh, and yeah. And you don't fucking do anything anything with them like the daniel craig one like i've like i said back in the uh back in the june episode the bond series is my favorite movie series and so hearing word that fucking james bond has a cameo in in the new star wars holy shit that's gonna be awesome i literally didn't know what the fuck he was until seeing this on blu-ray and he and hearing oh yeah he's the stormtrooper it's like what i had no fucking idea you guys want to talk about needless cameos you know fucking bill Hader does the microphone work for bb8 i know that that was crazy and i love bill Hader's a great voice actor and like just to like use him for that and he doesn't even come back for the other two movies no but jj abrams kind of 
the way he phrased it was like you can have your dream of having your credits in a your name in it in Star Wars credits. You know, which I like guess. I don't know. If you watch Mandalorian, you get like Jason Sudeikis and Will Forte as the two troopers, and like that's fucking amazing. That was great. I did love yeah. that part. Yeah. It's like, how can you ever top that? Yeah. <laughs> you like, you know, and they're like trying to shoot the can that's on the ground. They keep missing. And they're like, huh. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, like, uh, I hope Taika Waititi makes a good Star Wars movie because, like, man, much like Star Wars and Marvel, Taika Waititi is getting a little Taika White tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. It's like it's like a weird thing because like Thor: Love and Thunder was a little overcooked or undercooked depending on how you look at it. I but still need to see it. Our Me Flag too. Means Death was great. Oh, I love Our and Flag Means what Death. what we do in the shadows is great. So Love what we do in the shadows. If two out of three things you make in a year are pretty good, you know. And it's not like Love and Thunder is not bad. It's just Marvel is really like, I slowing s- down. I haven't seen Love and Thunder, but I can't believe it could be worse than Dark World. Some people it is. I don't think so. Well, some people think the prequels are better than the sequels. Which brings us back to <laughs> Which brings us back to Force Awakens. And, Kevin Bake. And um you know, like uh I'm just tired of movies. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish we could get a good one finally. Yeah, just one good movie, you guys. That's all I want. You know, the Fablemans is all about a man who, despite being the best director in America, still failed to make a good movie. <laughs> That's Spielberg's ultimate failure is that he's never made a single good movie. <laughs> I'm probably going to see Fablemans this weekend since we're not doing the 48. I'm trying to push my family to see it with me because like, my dad grew up in that era, so he would appreciate it. You know, It's on That's... your mind, Sam. You know, it's a, uh, I've got a list of points that I want to try and bring back to, but only small ones. Like, uh, We do get human red blood for the first time in a star wars movie oh yeah which is very yeah so they smear it on that's another thing i do really like in the lightsaber fight at the end is that kylo's been shot by chewy and he's bleeding out the whole time and he's like hitting his wound so that the blood will like <laughs> go out or is it or to make it numb i i don't know but it looks fucking cool maybe i thought it was to keep him awake and like energized maybe numb. like the adrenaline pain yeah, maybe. But I still thought that was a really cool addition. And seeing the blood dripping in the snow was awesome to no, watch. No, that's very, very Kill Bill. It but, also kind of gets me to thinking about Finn and why he just kind of like doesn't want to be a stormtrooper anymore. Because it's presented in this one and also shown in the next one that he was a janitor, essentially, all across the galaxy for the First Order. <laughs> no, and that, well, they, and this must have been his first taste of combat where he sees death and is like, wow, this sucks. No, and it's like if you're at an army base... Like the janitor is a trained soldier, you know. Yeah, and it seems that star stormtroopers are just like they do everything from uh, cleaning to cooking and maintenance and shit. No, and like that's funny because like he talks about how he has a whole fucking Halo Spartan origin where you're stolen from your family when you're yeah. young, but also like there was a there's a lot of deleted scenes for all of these movies that kind of tie into the politics of stormtroopers. It's except more like for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, except for Rise where they just ditched that in favor of, you know, riding horses on spaceships. It's more like uh the Unsullied in um the in Game of Thrones, which is also very much like the Spartans in Halo. <laughs> yeah, but I would like put it more closer to that than like oh we trained them young and made them super soldiers. And so stormtroopers aren't like super soldiers. They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be. 
I th- like these are better you look than at, the original Imperial Troopers. I'll say that, but they're not clone troopers. I know, and Kylo Ren has a real, you know, fucking make America great again moment where he's like, "Why don't we just go back to using clones since these stormtroopers can betray us?" Yeah, like, he wants to be like his his grandpa who fought with the clones. You know, yeah, he wants to go back to those Clone War times, which I don't mind. I, I dig it. The clone Wars is great, time, but we need a we need to find good jism. Yeah, <laughs> we need to find a good bounty hunter. Let's just make a whole army of Bill Burrs. <laughs> oh, oh God, no! <laughs> That'd be great because, like, he's, he's like, I was an Imperial sharpshooter. It's like that's not very encouraging. He's like, I wasn't a stormtrooper, smartass. <laughs> the Bill Burian, yeah, Bill Burr from Space Boston. Yeah, the Boston system. <laughs> Fucking love Bill Burr. Me yeah. too. God, F is for family. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, um, what else? Force is... Awakens. They blow up the thing. They blow up the Star Killer base. Han they bring Solo back the word Star Killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is like, ah. yeah. you've never heard this unless you've read or played a video game or or watched a documentary or did anything. I too have seen Empire of Dreams. No, and they're just like, it's it is a bummer that it's just a larger Death Star. <laughs> yeah, it's not even all that cool to look at because it's just no. a giant like you know. A planet with a blasting hole in in the side of a planet. Now we gotta just have like a thing that we all descend on. It's like we gotta blow it up. How we gonna blow it up? And even Han Solo has a very um, bathos moment where it's like, "There's always a way to blow these things up." Mm -hmm. I look at the prequels that they never had a a planet killer. No, no, they didn't. Didn't wasn't the Death Star a planet killer? Well, they. Well, they were in the he process held a, of a, a plan to make it, but it was never like a th- an active threat in the series. Oh, you mean in the pre? Okay, but you still have a moment where he blows up a thing. Yeah. In what? In Phantom Menace. Yeah. He oh, blows yeah. Up he does Trade blow up the Trade Federation thing. ship, but like, I mean, it wasn't going to. Now the this is pod racing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, we could try spinning. Yeah, that's, that's this, a neat trick. This is why this movie's the okayest because even like the bad ones, like, I can have something to say. But this one, it really does. It's like very I, middle. Of I the have road. to have notes next to me to remember what to talk about with this fucking movie sometimes because it's just so forgettable to me. No, it's, and it's like it's the Crystal Skull versus Temple of Doom thing. Like, which is better, the movie I can remember not liking or the movie that I can't remember at all? It's like one of J.J. Abrams' best works as a director is the pilot for Lost. But if you think about it, it's so easy when all you need to do is set a really beautiful looking table. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. No, I'm just saying, like, it's easy. So it's like, these could have all been better if, like, they had, it had been followed through. But, like, he's just setting all this shit up. It's like, somebody else will come in and make it more interesting later. Like, he admitted <laughs> before the, the Last Jedi came out and even a little bit after that he had no plan. Look, we all know now that anytime you thought J.J. Abrams was good, it was actually Damon Lindelof. Drew! <laughs> Simp for Damon Lindelof. Watch Watchmen and watch Leftovers, people. It's watch great. Watch The Leftovers. Do you we, do, you um, should watch The Watchmen, Joe. I do. Yeah, I, I just do, rate I this, do, I do, rate this fucking movie. As a, as a movie that I don't hate, but I don't like, but I don't dislike, but enjoyed watching with you guys, I give it a 6 out of 10. I will give it a solid 7 out of 10. It is... For what it is, a New Hope remake could have been worse. Mm. Could have totally been better. But uh, you know what? It's 
a fine way to maybe kill two hours. So mm. it's it's a seven out of ten for me. There's certainly better ways to kill two hours. There are, but are there if better it's ways within to... <laughs> reach, I'll use that. You know, it'd be pretty great if we get to see Shia LaBeouf come back in the new Indiana Jones just to fucking stab Harrison Ford with his switchblade. <laughs> hey, shut up. Because <laughs> Mud is his son, technically. Yes. Are we just going to forget about that movie? Yes. No, I won't. I actually do like Crystal Skull. Me too. Crystal Skull is like the Scream 4 where it's like, you know, it's the original director and everything, but no. Who cares? I don't know. I don't, we like Scream 4. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the new Indiana Jones will be the five cream of the series. That's, but, what, that's certainly what they're hoping for. Yeah, hey, no shit. <laughs> what, do you, what do you rate this, though? I, I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. okay. Yep. Order 667. Uh, but you know what, though? You know, one thing we didn't touch on in our discussion is that through this whole ordeal, we are completely Lukeless. Luke Skywalker is missing in action, but at yeah. the very end of the movie, they complete their map to Skywalker, and they go at the very end, and Ray finds the last Jedi. Let's back to the future. Star Wars Episode 8 The Last Jedi A franchise subverted As Grand Moff Abram steps down admitting he has no idea what he's doing Sub Moff Johnson plans to subvert meaning to the galaxy By cutting the mouse in half After watching the death of her mentor Solo at the hands of his son Ray now seeks the help of his murderer's mentor in the hopes he will care to try. Meanwhile, Poe's brash actions accomplish nothing, demoting him. But that won't stop him from undermining General Leia's authority by getting his friends killed. To do so, he sends them on a side plot no one likes, where they fail to do anything. In the end, even though our heroes failed, they learn there is always something to learn. Something no one likes to learn. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't break on that one. That was really <laughs> it's really hard. It's, I just... Oh, that, yeah. was, that was good. Any, I, uh, any particular reason everything had an upwards inflection? Well, it's I just called an lo- uptalk. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> learned about it, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's really funny <laughs> when you're trying to get things said. It's like you don't want to commit to what you're saying. You know? It sounds so like, like I still have something more to say, <laughs> but I don't know if I do. So, like, tell, say to me, say to me right now. It's like, say I'm offended. I'm offended. And then I could say, I'm sorry. And you would think, okay, he's sorry. But then I could be like, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know if I need to apologize because maybe you offended me. I have full blown AIDS. I, do I have full blown AIDS? <laughs> Positive. Because uh, that's, you know, that's this movie. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> what just happened? No, and so, okay, so. Which is a good thing. Let me take you back to teenage Chris. Okay. I'm uh, 13, 14 going into high school and my uh, cousin Robert, a.k.a. Jack Babylon, fucking great writer, 
And uh, one of the people that turned me on helped encourage my love of Star Wars and everything growing up. Uh, he recommended Brick, which is a very good. Uh, it's a high school set noir. Good movie, Ooh. Brick. And not just like a noir, like an old school noir, like a fucking Dashiell Hammett Maltese Falcon noir like set it, in a high school. Like it has all the usual like stereotypes and like mm-hmm. archetypes that you'd come to expect in something like that. But it doesn't feel like a parody. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like a pastiche, I guess you could say. Yeah, and you know, that was the first movie directed by and the first movie I had seen from Mr. Ryan Johnson. I really need to go back and see Brick. I remember seeing the trailer for it. It's one of those trailers that's like on a lot of DVDs. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for it years ago and thinking, oh, that looks kind of interesting. And then I just never followed up on it. So young Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, I knew I know he's in there, but I, I just I need to just kind of commit to it and just go because i know ryan johnson is a fantastic filmmaker outside of this wonderful piece of science fiction cinema um and i but really my only frame of reference for non-star wars ryan johnson is knives out which is a fucking interesting so you haven't seen looper either no i did not see looper. no and we gotta oh man i love looper that's my introduction to ryan johnson and he's and god i love I just love the the aesthetics and the designs in that movie and throughout all the different time points that they show off. The no. muskets are cool looking. The giant like like revolvers that they have are amazing. No, it's a very cool movie aesthetically. And like Ryan Johnson always is taking these bold swings that don't sound like they're going to work on paper. But then like totally work. Yeah, like if I explain to you that it's like high schoolers doing a film noir, you'd think like, is this a Saturday Night Live sketch? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's like, no, it's like fucking like when you're in high school, this shit feels serious. And it kind of predates this euphoria movement of like teenagers being like really fucking serious <laughs> yeah, and fucked up, you know, and like, yeah, because that one's all about like a heroin deal gone wrong. Yeah, Ooh. like it's like teenage gangs, essentially. No, and you got a MacGuffin, you got, yeah, and so, so it's and then brick, Looper, so it's, yeah. So, so, so Brick is, a, it's a heroin deal go wrong, so it's essentially a teenage American pusher. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Except, uh, yeah, the, the pusher's not the main character, the main character's the, the good guy who fell in love with the wrong girl. Mm-hmm. Played exactly. by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Hmm. So, and then uh, also in Looper, very bold choice to have... <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing a young Bruce Willis and using prosthetics for it. Yeah, as close as they could to looking like a young Bruce Willis, which I don't know. It didn't look too bad. It didn't look too bad. I, I, I'm cool with it, but at the same time, I wouldn't have minded if they just were like, didn't do makeup and like, that's Bruce Willis young. It's like, yeah, okay. I know, but the fact that they did it practically and not through CGI. Good for you. Really, really flew really good. It's just like his lips do look weird in certain shots. Like he has rubbery little Bruce Willis lips in some shots. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, he does a great Bruce Willis voice. Love it. Love that movie. Right and now, two things have happened. So, knowing Ryan Johnson, I was very, I was actually very interested in I Last Jedi. I was super fucking hyped to hear that Ryan Johnson, he, this is the first auteur Star Wars movie. Yep. Written, directed, probably since uh, George's... The uh, original. Yeah, since the OG. Well, no, even, 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 even the originals were not, were, nev- were never solely, uh, except for the prequels, I guess. Yeah, Revenge of the... Yeah, the prequels are auteur Star Wars movies. So anything... So this is the first auteur movie that's not a George Lucas movie in Star Wars. Okay, that makes sense. And, um... So, yeah, the first time we saw this movie, it was a little bit of a disappointment... <clears throat> Yes, and I really need to use the bathroom throughout the whole thing. <laughs> that's always a that's always a problem. Because it's like I don't want to miss anything, but fuck. So I got to do like me, dude. 
Depends. <laughs> Depends a, on what? D- adult diapers. Depends on adult diapers. I don't know about that. Depends yeah, is weird. the brand, you guys. This episode's brought to you by Depends. <laughs> Depends. Lean back and say, uh, I just shit mine right now. <laughs> Depends. Shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but, but yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like, it was, I was a little bit disappointed the first time I saw it. And I feel like that's kind of everyone's like feeling when they first see it but then i thought it's kind of like the reaction to empire yeah it's got to be like i like, i really wish we could find out what people's like thoughts oh, on empire it. when it came out you, they, there were a lot of people like oh you completely undercut all the shit from the last one you know mm, that's true i was totally not disappointed by last jedi when i first saw it so no, it's like Briggs is the purest of all i love last jedi i've loved it since the very first time i saw it um, I did see it twice in the theater. I remember seeing it, uh, I think opening weekend. Uh, I forget if I saw it by myself. No, and we or did it twice friends. in the theater and loved it. The and, second uh, time. yeah, I, I did do it twice. I think once with my dad as well. I remember having a blast with it the first time around because honestly, I'm just here for Star Wars. I'm excited when Star Wars is new. You know, we had seen, we had seen Rogue One the year before and that was really hype as fuck. That was awesome. Yeah. So now yeah, so this we're, is at the height of Star Wars hype, and right. we're we're getting into annual Star Wars movies at this point. Now it's like okay, this is the third movie in three years, but uh, I remember really having fun with it the first time I saw it, and then I remember going up to the Carolinas to visit family for the holidays, and uh, going up in North Carolina, hung out with my cousin and his uh, wife, and. Uh, they want, they were going to go see it, and they invited me to come out with them. So I went out and saw it with them, and seeing it again, uh, just, dude, I fucking fell in love with this movie. I mean, yeah, Force Awakens is a good-ish movie. It was entertaining in spots. It was fun in spots. I had a good time with it, but, I mean, this just front to back is just an anxiety attack. <laughs> you have a much better better lightsaber fight which is saying a lot considering how awesome the lightsaber fight in force awakens was uh they're definitely doing the the empire thing here where not in the blatant remakey sense like uh, yeah force awakens was but it's still very much in the same vein as empire like you know you have your core group of protagonists split apart they're on the ropes and they're split apart for the most part you have your Jedi in training meeting a scraggly old Jedi master to teach them the ways of the Force. Only this time they're not cool with doing it. Yeah. You have uh, your big Emperor reveal in this one, even though we did see Snoke in the in Force Awakens. Well, that's also kind of like an Empire we saw. We had our Emperor reveal. But exactly. He was a hologram. Yeah. But, I mean, I, this is the first time we're actually getting to really see him. You know, and uh, yeah, we only saw him as a hologram in the last one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a giant we all hologram. Thought he was giant, yeah. And dude, I I just fuck, I love this movie so much. Yeah, I like a lot of it. I I, I like that it's it. I I love how much it subverts J.J. Abrams because it's like you know J.J. Abrams. If there's one other thing he's good at <laughs> aside from asking questions, he's never going to answer. It's whoring out fan service. Yes. And so much reliance on what came before. 
which it's like, you know, sometimes I'm in the mood for that, you know, like with Ghostbusters Afterlife, fuck yeah, let's go, let's do it. But with Star Wars, you know, man, like, I don't care. Like, that's the one thing I've really liked about these movies is they were always kind of more forward-moving, you know? They didn't... I mean, even the prequels, they did rely on some some stuff from the originals, but they were still kind of moving forward at their own pace, whereas Force Awakens is a fucking remake and doesn't want to say it is. I'll agree that it at least doesn't go into Planet Killers twice, much like the original trilogy. Like, it is... Like a noir kind of thing in the second one. It's kind mm-hmm. of a, although except in this one we're dealing with planet killers again because like we have a whole fleet of planet killers. Dun dun. No, that's it. That's what in the you, third one. Oh wait, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, but uh, so it's like you know, you know, we have we have our Luke reveal, which is teased at the end of Force Awakens, and then it's nothing. He's a fucking spiteful old bastard who wants to just die alone, which I thought is great. I thought that was a great subversion of what we know Luke Skywalker to be. I really like his whole shtick about, you know, the Jedi needs to die, the Jedi's legacy is failure, only to then freak out when Ghost Yoda burns up the sacred text, or he makes him believe he burns up the sacred texts, and then Yoda comes in and is like, oh, no, failure's the best teacher. It's like, you know, we have so many preconceived notions. Then you're fucking really smart, aren't you, Yoda? Yeah, right? (laughs) It's like, we have so many preconceived notions about the Jedi and about Star Wars, and Ryan Johnson just wipes his fucking ass with all of them and decides to do this his own way, and I approve. I know, but he doesn't commit to it 100% because she still takes the books. Yeah. Yeah. It's more the metaphorical burning of the of the little temple that's cathartic for Luke, mm-hmm. to, allows him to move on. But um, uh, it's something I do, I do, I do like what they do with Luke in this one. I do. Uh, so it's also something that I kind of talk to my dad a lot because you know Luke Skywalker is is like you know to my dad's generation that's their like childhood hero basically. Mm-hmm. And my dad and a lot of the friends of his that I know, they weren't too happy with uh, what they did with Luke at first in this movie. Because, you know, they don't like seeing their hero becoming tired and angry. I know, but, like, that's... I liked that because that's honestly what it is anyways, you know? It's like Harrison Ford was tired and angry. Yeah, but... It's like, that's... I know. He was already tired and angry for the most part through the originals. Yeah, he wanted to die in Empire. I know, I'm just saying, in Last Jedi, it's like... It's like your legacy sequel. It's like rubbing it in your face a little bit. It's like these people are not who you think they are. Your don't meet image, your heroes, kids. Yeah, your image of somebody is not their responsibility. Yeah, and my yeah. dad has eventually come around to like liking Last Jedi a lot more and more because no, of and the heart of it is kind of the whole thing with like his relationship with Kylo Ren as well. You know, which is like the same thing. Which is like your perception of of me is you know unfortunately your own thing. He's like, and I have the Rashomon thing. Where man. It's like we keep seeing the attempt to kill Kylo Ren. It's like, I failed because I was Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I absolutely love that Rashomon different point of view retelling flashback. I also just love Mark Hamill's voice because like when he gets really husky, he turns into skips. He's like, it's like, I thought I could maybe stop the pain. It passed like a shadow. <laughs> There's got to be an animation where it's like Skip's holding a lightsaber in that scene. Oh, that would be great. 
You just see scared little Rigby in bed. Clog <laughs> <laughs> band. Yeah, it would be great. It's like he just pictures all the things that Rigby's going to do to the park. <laughs> you know, like the first time they get hired. <laughs> I thought Rig- I could maybe stop it. Rigby, no! <laughs> uh, uh, but, um... I will say, though, that, you know, this movie catches a lot of shit from a lot of people. Um, yes. One area that I will agree was pretty unnecessary for the most part, although I don't outright hate it like most other people do. Canto, Canto Bite. Bite. Yeah. The, the casino planet scene. You don't need it. Well, it's but like, you know what? Though, it's a Hunger Games, Snowpiercer, fucking subtle Valerian and a Thousand Planets, you know, like fucking just garbage. Subtle. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know. No, there's subtle, nothing subtle, subtle about Subtle should have sarcastic quotes around it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a completely unnecessary sequence, but at, I've grown to like it for all the wrong reasons. What's like, that? It's goofy. It's hilarious. It's oh. so on the nose, over the top with its fucking message. It's trying to push that I just can't help but laugh at it. <laughs> there is, no, and he's literally like, "This place is great," and she's like, "Look closer. It's not." There is something I do kind of appreciate. Uh, appreciate it. It's like it's basically you can. Like even with this, even with Luke's understanding of the Jedi, it's kind of a a conver- It's um like a comment on the prequels, essentially. Like you know, Luke is mad at the Jedi for not being these perfect protectors of goodness and order, and uh, Canto Bite is showing off uh, all these rich like industrialists and weapons dealers and weapons traders that have made the galaxy a war torn like uh, hellhole. And so I do kind of like that because, I mean, you know, with the original trilogy, it's like Empire bad, Dark Wizards at the head of it, Rebels good. There's some good wizards in there. Now, this does introduce a little bit of complexity that we're going to throw away. And it's that same complexity that uh, people like point out in the prequels where it's like there's not a really even though there's like, you know, Dark Wizards behind the, the Separatists, the Separatists. They do think they're fighting for a good cause, which is to separate, fr- which is to like separate from the Republic, so they can form their own like union, so they can better protect themselves against like fringe world like pirates and shit. Because the Republic fleet doesn't help them as well, because they're doing a demilitarization, and so, and you know, and there's like rich industrialists and like capitalists and these weapons dealers that are kind of pushing the war, and we see that in the Clone Wars show as well. Like, that's what that whole council in the Attack of the Clones is. They're all, like, you know, droid dealers and droid manufacturers and bankers and shit. And they do that more or less the same with Cantobite. The green yeah, Japanese dudes. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, I don't know. I Cantobite, you know, like, I get kind of why they wanted to do something like that to kind of pull our heroes apart, physically apart, even more. Mm-hmm. Um because one thing I do really like about uh, Last Jedi is that when you really look at it, this whole movie technically takes place over the span of a few hours. Really. No, which is honestly, so it's uh, what I love the most about it is that it is just a concentrated like they're trying to escape this like onslaught of the um, the First Order is attacking them and they're trying to evacuate all of the rebels. So and so they're losing their ships and everything slowly, and they're just like on a slow chase where like they can't jump to light speed because they're being tracked yeah that's and the they big can't thing. really so they're just being chased at like it's um it's like speed two or fury road where you're or just fury kind of like road. in a chase where you can't really break off and you can't really gain ahead you know yeah, yeah. it's a 
so that's very cool because yeah we don't really get that with star wars which is just like an isolated yeah it's like you said it's always got to be like kind of an epic move yeah and and like you know i i like i really do like the imagery of the first order fleet just kind of sitting idly in the background just lobbing rounds at the uh at the rebels it's they're, they're just kind of there because it's like the whole thing is that so oh it's rogue one that has that amazing shot where the the Carillion cruiser comes out of the shadows Oh yeah, it like comes into a light beam, and it crashes a whole bunch of the rebel ships that are trying to escape into it. Yeah, it's fucking. So, so I do love the looks of the star destroyers in these movies. Like, there's the dreadnought that looks pretty fucking tight, and there's the capital ship that's basically just a really long wing. Yeah, the the ship designs, the the way they kind of update them a little bit for uh, for the sequels looks pretty great. Um, and yeah, Snoke's, Snoke's Star Destroyer looks so cool, especially, I, I love its design because of how much it serves the, uh, the coolest shot in any Star Wars movie ever later on towards the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, um, if you were his right-hand man, would you call him Snokane or Snokeacola? Mm, like, what do you want for breakfast today, Snokeacola? I like Snokeacola. That sounds like uh, that sounds friendly. Snoky pokey. Snowcane sounds a little like mean. Like, oh, you got a problem there, Snowcane? Yeah. Trying to fight your problems. Snoke, Snowpoke. Uh, the... Snowpoke definitely is a bullying thing that he got in Sith school. Do yeah, the Snoky pokey ugly. and you turn herself around. Now, <laughs> people definitely do think that they think a lot higher of Snoke than they I think they should have. Cause, you know, because yeah. it's like this. Presented- I think it was really funny to just fucking kill him. Because yeah. I mean, the the Emperor was a pretty like who gives a shit villain in Return of the Jedi, and we don't learn more about him until the prequels. Hey, didn't he just? Did he? Was he in Empire at all? He was in a he, hologram sequence. Yeah, in was, Empire. Okay, so that's where we first introduced. Yeah, the, the he's just this lumpy face dude. That's like, there's a great disturbance in the Force, dude. Yeah, yeah. I I will say that's another thing I really like about this is the whole subversion of the emperor trope mm-hmm. and even the Darth Vader trope. Like yeah. we have when we first see Kylo Ren, he goes to meet with Snoke and he straight up is like, Oh, take that stupid thing off your head. You are not Darth Vader. You're just a frightened young boy in a mask. And fucking we get that great sequence where uh, Kylo just destroys the mask in the elevator. But, um, you know, we're kind of building Snoke up to be like our Palpatine of this trilogy. And then Kylo just fucking kills him out of nowhere. And it's so great. But don't worry, the Palpatine of this trilogy is Palpatine. Nope, just, yeah. We'll wait on that. Yeah, we'll cut that out. So, yeah, it's, really, I, I, so I, whatever, so much of what's good about this is so immediately taken away from us. Yeah, we're still going to cut that out. So, uh, so, but I, I, lo- I, so I really like. When you edit the podcast, you can cut that. So, so I really like with the yeah. with the Snoke character. Like I think people just put way too much credit on the Snoke character, being like, "Why and didn't we get to know more about him?" It's like that's cares? not the point. The point is that he was a boring villain, and he's not the villain. Kylo Ren is the main villain, and the, and I, you know, this goes into one of my favorite aspects of the film, which is um, the mind bridge between Kylo and Rey throughout the movie. I really like that and I really like the relationship they start building up between the two of them. A weird astral projection kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're just FaceTiming and she's like, what are you doing? (laughs) I don't know. What are you doing? 
but like it's so it's like they're building up this relationship they're starting to kind of sort of trust each other and then we're subverted it, it, when we're it that's all subverted when uh snoke reveals oh i was the one who bridged your minds in the first place and then we get another subversion where kylo then kills snoke and we get i would say the best lightsaber fight in the sequel trilogy yeah, snoke's yeah. got all these cool red guards with like the various knights. ninja yeah lightsaber weaponry but but then Kylo ren has this has his knights of ren and these guys are the knights of stimpy all in <laughs> red but uh but then you know then their victory against these assholes is then subverted when it's like okay so uh, Kylo just killed our big bad of the franchise of the of the trilogy. So what's next? Oh no! Now he's gonna take over and be the leader of the First Order. And no, and that was like a really heartbreaking moment where like you know the fleet the rebels are being shot at and mm-hmm. Ray beat all the bad guys with Kylo. So she's like, we can still stop them, and he's like, nah, come on. And meanwhile, you have uh, Finn and Rose about to be executed by decapitation in the hangar of of the same ship. Yes. There's so much going on in this sequence, and it just culminates with one of our new characters. uh, Holdo. Yeah, Holdo. Lieutenant Holdo, played by Laura Dern from Twin Peaks The Return. Great. Jurassic Park. Yeah. What? Oh, Jurassic Park. Good. Okay. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. Come good. On. Never mind. Sorry. And Jurassic World Dominion. That's what I was aiming. A movie <laughs> nobody has seen. Um. But uh. No. Yeah. I love how she just turns that ship around and sends it into light speed. Still the coolest moment on. ever, especially in a theater, was when she dr- fucking runs the ship into the other ship. Yes, that was so fucking badass. And all the all like the just sound the, went out. And the it was visuals. just like the inverted images. It felt very anime. Now that's now. I also want to get into the character of Hodo, because I think... Isn't it Holdo? Is it Holdo? Is it Hodo? I thought it was Holdo. Hodo! I'll go with, for the sake of, not, for the sake of, of whatever, uh, Holdo. Yeah. I think Holdo gets a lot of shit, too. She does. Which is unnecessary. Both in the movie and outside the movie. Well, that goes without <laughs> saying. We'll get into that with Rose. But uh, the Holdo character... Like, people are like, why didn't Holdo tell Poe her plans? Because he would have fucked it up. (laughs) Because people don't seem... Another thing, and this kind of goes back into what we were talking about, where the character's motivations kind of change. This goes into the character's thing, where in which Poe is kind of like, he's this reckless dude, he's kind of running around. He's He's a loose cannon. And the the first scene is him being a a, a reckless guy. He's like, no, we got to destroy this dreadnought. It's all that matters and everything. And even if we lose all of our bombers and half of our fighters, that doesn't matter. And then because of his reckless like what we would see is like this big heroic act it's treated rightfully as this reckless act that got a whole bunch of people killed and that's why he gets demoted and that's why holdo doesn't want to talk to him because he's a reckless fuck up <laughs> nah. okay so this may also be sexist but would we take her more seriously if she wasn't wearing an evening gown yeah the the evening gown and also i don't know the, the hair is a thing well you can I don't is know. Is there a lot of precedent in Star Wars for funny colored hair? There isn't. There really isn't. I can't it think just, of... There's not a lot of like crazy colored like human characters with weird hairs. Once upon a time, you guys, George Lucas asked David Lynch to direct Return of the Jedi. That would have been awesome. Oh, man. I, I, don't, I don't think so, but it, it, if it had, it would have been something like this, I'm sure. David, I really David like... David Cronenberg was also asked, too. 
Oh, yeah, and he was like, I don't want to do that. That sounds stupid as hell. He's the type of guy that where it's like, it's like, why didn't you do True Detective Season 2? He's like, I didn't like the script. Like, he doesn't give a shit about your fucking feelings. He's David Cronenberg. Uh, you haven't written anything good in, uh, ever. Yeah, Christopher Nolan hasn't made a good movie since Memento. But, uh, so yeah, I think the Hodo character, Holdo character, gets a lot of bullshit. No, and she's a, she's a badass. She doesn't have to, and she's a badass, and she's got a good plan. She had a good plan until Poe and his stupid plan messed everything up and got almost everybody else killed. No, and his plan is so stupid because (laughs) it involves literally escaping and just going to different planets and then coming back. Well, was that his plan or was that Finn and uh, Rose's plan? They just realized that there was a tracker on the bad guy ship. Now, we... So we have to go to another planet to find someone to help us stop that tracker. Then we come back and we go back to the ship, and then we got to break into that ship. You know, it's very—it's needlessly complicated. And Rose thinks that she can like turn it off when she does see it, apparently, because they don't get the, the the code breaker to turn off the thing, and they get the code breaker to get on the ship. They just need, they just need him to get into the room that the tracker is we in. We have Benicio del Toro as DJ. Which is uh, Star Wars for disc jockey, and is also our uh, our second choice code breaker behind Justin Thoreau. Justin Thoreau, another fucking David Lynch homage. Yep, and also uh, leftovers. Also the leftovers. Go watch it. It's great. Go watch the leftovers. And uh, so the characters of Rose and Finn, like Finn, is kind of like I don't know. He doesn't have a doesn't really have much of a point to being here Finn's not well really. Finn's arc is like he's and you know it's it, it's good it's like if you watch Force Awakens Finn is not particularly invested in the resistance or the rebellion or anything no he, yeah, just, he, he wants, wants to get even, away he, he wants to away. fucking leave yeah he's a child soldier who and has Ray's finally like, escaped you can't run away from this finds Luke's lightsaber like I want to run away from this <laughs> yeah and you know and so you know people were giving shit to Finn for just like oh he just is a coward it's like dude this is not his fight yeah. He woke up from a coma and his friend was gone. He's trying to go find her. Yeah, and like he knows because he knows because he, he fucking dealt with this shit. He knows that like the first order is gonna fucking murder us all. It's mm-hmm. what they do. They're space Nazis. Yeah, exactly. And then Rose, uh, she just lost her sister in that bombing run. Poe poorly worked out and got poorly. lucky on. And so she's really sad, but she's also really into the resistance. I think because she all she needs to be like her sister her sister already gave it gave her life for the movement she's got to continue on she's yep. she's got kind of like a really plucky attitude through the whole thing where it's like oh we are the good guys we're here to do the good thing we need to do the good thing no matter what and, and we have a like, casablanca homage where they have the rebel symbol hidden in a ring which is like so that's cute it's, yeah it's literally tying back to it's like we're the good guys against nazis yeah, yeah. which uh you know uh, DJ likes to un- try and uh, DJ is trying to undercut with the whole like the the weapon trader. Thing no, yeah, well, they reveal versus... that yeah the you buy the people who manufacture the X wings also manufacture the Tie Fighters. You know, which I wonder, like... I wonder if that's supposed to be like also commentary on people like making too simplistic a thought on conflict itself. It's like are are people bad because they get weapons? Like, is the resistance really bad mm. for trying to get weapons to stop a fascist dictatorship out in the fringes of the galaxy and subvert up democracy again? Well, that's why Benito del Toro's point in this is a little undercooked, which is it's like, uh, you blow them up today, they blow you up tomorrow. Well, business. I think he, in a way, I think he kind of represents those like, 
uh, douchebag nihilist types that think, oh, left, right, I'm just here in the middle watching the circus go. Who cares? I think that's kind of what he represents, if anything. Like, Guys, there were some bad hombres on both sides. <laughs> yeah, that's what he Good is. Good people on both sides of the Star Wars. He's a both sideser, and the movie, uh, I... You know, I think the movie wants to kind of do that, but at the same time, it doesn't want to do that because that'd be like saying, oh, the fascists are the are fasc- the fascists just as bad as the people trying to fight and stop the fascists. Makes you think, which isn't a good message. Yeah, which, you know, hey, it could have gone into a Snowpiercer thing, which is that the bad guys actually funded the resistance to help cur- curb the population. Yeah, which would have been silly. Snowpiercer. Bad movie. Don't watch it. <laughs> you know, if you don't like Canto Bite, then don't watch Snowpiercer, because yeah. that's the whole movie. <laughs> Pretty much. And so, yeah, there's some interesting symbolism and metaphor going on. And these characters that I think get a whole lot of shit for absolutely no reason, like Rose and Holdo. Rose especially just got the short end of the stick in real life. For Guys, real. When, no, I know. when you rage hard enough to make these actors completely leave social media you need to shut the fuck up yeah you're, <laughs> i we're you're bad people and this even goes back to the prequels like because like i said i absolutely hate the prequels but i would never say anything horrible to you know the actors that played anakin you know hayden christensen and jake lloyd they were just doing jobs they didn't get good scripts they didn't get good directing they didn't ruin anything themselves even George doesn't deserve bullshit for what happened. Yeah. Bullying people in real life because they made things that you didn't like, that's art. You're just just bullying those people is just piece of shit shit to do. Yeah, you just go fuck yourself at that What's point. What's the name of the kid who played Anakin? Uh, Jake, Jake Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah, don't you remember when everyone was like, hey, it's Jake Lloyd. Hey, it's Jake Lloyd. And you were like, hey, it's Jake Lloyd. Payback It's payback. Time. I just threw a bottle at him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember when he threw a bottle at that kid? <laughs> of course, he wasn't a kid at the time. He was older than us, but still. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we're older than Jake Lloyd, aren't we? I feel that like can't, that can't be. I don't know. If we're older than Jake Lloyd, I'll fucking commit <laughs> seppuku on there. <laughs> I don't know. He he's probably at the very least a couple years older than us. Because uh, Jake he, Lloyd's 33. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only 30. Okay, very well. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, like, just a bullying creators and, like, and performers for these movies because you don't like them is just bullshit shit to do. I know, but, like, at least, you know, what's worse than that is, like, video game fans. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. <laughs> um, They'll be like, I can't believe that this one frame of your trailer is only 720p. I hope you fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I will say another thing I liked more in this than in both Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker is the bits of humor that Ryan Johnson undercuts oh, much some of the yes. heavier moments with. Because it's like, you know. With Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams and company are undercutting serious moments, and it doesn't work just because, or at least I say it's because this film, uh, Force Awakens, is pretty much almost a beat-for-beat remake of A New Hope. So it's like, 
you're not just undercutting your story with bullshit dumb humor. You're undercutting the original Star Wars in a way with bullshit humor, and it does not work. Well, it's like Whereas yeah, if, with, the, if the story was so stupid, why are you doing it again? It's <laughs> like with with this though, Ryan Johnson is not trying to directly beat for beat remake Empire Strikes Back. He is somewhat trying to make his own film in this franchise, and I feel like undercutting heavier moments in that context works way better because he's really kind of setting his own stakes. He's setting how heavy of a moment he wants to undercut with how much humor he wants. You know what I mean? No, and it's kind of an interesting thing too where it's like, you're demythologizing Luke a little bit, which is like, what am you think I'm just going to walk out there with a laser sword and change the, you know, but like, it's also about the importance of heroes and symbols. Like, you know, I think a great uh, work of Bathos is uh, when he's training Ray with the force and he's like, reach out and she does reach out her hand. And he's he's tickling her with the the palm front. I can feel it. You feel it? You're really strong with the force. (laughs) As opposed to something like in uh, Force Awakens where John Boy or uh, Finn breaks out Poe and uh, Poe's like, why are you doing this? And Finn's like, it's the right thing to do. You need a ride. Yeah, I need a ride. <laughs> uh, even fucking terrible. I've, I, I've been playing. I've been playing Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Uh, I kind of paused after they after I found out there was no character creation in that game. Boo! Which is bullshit because I wanted. I really wanted to go through the whole saga again as Captain John Luke Picard. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Anyway, but so I've been, I was at the sea, I was uh, playing the sequels, and even in uh, Force Awakens, they cut out a lot of the weird undercut humor in that one. Good. So even the Legos were like, we got to take this a little more seriously. But they, <laughs> but at the same time, they really shit on Last Jedi. Like they make Holdo this like they give Holdo like two other uh, weird colored girl clones, Aww. and they treat her like uh, Heather's Mean Girls. Oh, damn. Oh, jeez, that is harsh. Because it's like, stick to your post. Mm-mm-mm. Nah, really? Yeah. Wow. We don't like women in authority. That's what we've learned about this country. <laughs> We're more sexist than we are racist. <laughs> uh, not we as the team Insomniac. We as America. Yes. Which includes Team Insomniac. Which Insomniac. includes Team Insomniac. Arid day. <laughs> but even then, they still t- uh, they shit the hardest on uh, Rise of Skywalker. Anyway, Good. So, <laughs> I sure hope so, because, like, I don't know. But anyways. Like we went from a movie that was divisive to it's like, let's make a movie that just everybody hates. Yeah. This we want to unite everyone. We want to unite this the fan base united. behind hating something. something. Everybody, much like the end of that movie, everyone came to fight it. It's like, you know, Rise... You know what? No, I'm hold that thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that in the rise. What I do like about yeah, what I do like about the training portions when they're talking about the forces, we get some of these cool little time lapses where it's talking about life and death, Mm -hmm. which reminded me of um, Noah by Darren Aronofsky, which is like not an amazing movie, but there's some amazing sequences that kind of show like life and rebirth and all this. And yeah, how he talks about the evolution of life, and it's like a like a like a not like not like stop motion, but it's, it's like, like a time lapse. It's like a time, yeah. It's a time lapse of a creature changing from one creature to another, and then all this insane shit happening. That's yeah. biblical, and like that's something that we've never gotten in a Star Wars movie before, where it just does feel grounded in some spiritual reality, yeah, the, organic reality. Something that yeah, that's the thing I like about the 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 showing of the Force in this movie is that it's trying to bring it back to that nature balance of life kind of thing 
which the prequels undercut with Metachlorians. And yeah, honestly, uh, the Force is whatever it needs to be for the writers. Yeah, in that yeah. <laughs> pretty much. It's like the it's like the quickening in Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh. Fucking Highlander's tight. Yeah. Something I do like about this movie also is that you know you say this is a great lightsaber fight in uh the the guard room. Mm-hmm. But no lightsabers do really touch in this movie, which is really cool when you think about it. Yeah, you're yeah, you're kind of right in that regard. Yeah, they have a lot of do. colliding because he's a 3D projection. Because Ray doesn't uh, Ray doesn't fight Luke with a lightsaber, and uh, Kylo and Ray do not fight and, each other. And Luke doesn't like interact his lightsaber with Kylo's because he's a projection. And I like I will really say cool. though, it still. You know the the red guard. They they have these bladed edged weapons. Yes, that they are cool. Still have these kind of laser ish kind of they edges got like, to them. So I mean, like these weird torch lights in front of a blade. Yeah, so it's yeah, like I, I don't mean, know you what could kind of argue in favor of a lightsaber fight. But yeah, but they're not lightsabers. True, like you yeah. can't have a, like you can't hold a sword and then have a you can't have a sword fight a machete and really call it a sword fight when it's they're not really swords that they're both fighting with. Are you referencing the Steven Seagal scene in Machete? Well, no, but yeah, I guess you're right that one. He could also be referencing walk hard machete fighting. Oh yeah, <laughs> wait—that happens in Walk Hard. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's how he that's, cuts that's his brother. We were half. just talking about it. It's like I'm cutting half real bad, dude. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> <that's right. laughs> this is a particularly bad instance of someone being cut in half. <laughs> I couldn't connect his top half to his bottom half. Speak English to us, Doc. We ain't scientists. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that it, it is such a great fantastic moment though when kylo cuts uh snoke in half because it's like they've he's got ray down on the ground in the uh in the this is a very contrived like, moment like snoke is hold snoke is holding her down with the force because you know that's well she, she's not just holding her down she's like upside she's like on her back but like floating and like her her head's being like bent back because he's trying to like get the get yeah. the knowledge of like where luke is yeah like, but tell me where Luke is. And, and That's another thing in these movies. Another power is presented is mind reading. I guess. I know it's like I guess they're just Vulcans. But like I love though how uh, like he, he it's like Snoke is giving us a play by play of everything that's happening with Kylo uh, working his lightsaber in hand. Meanwhile, Johnson's focusing on Kylo's other hand, which is kind of little doing some little fidgety stuff. It's like I can see it. Him turning the lightsaber and so that it strikes true at his true enemy, which is it's kills a little true con- enemy. <laughs> little contrived. Your mind I reading s- certainly sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's only he's only good at mind reading when the plot needs him to be. Well, I, maybe I'm gonna kill my enemy with this lightsaber. I never specified who my enemy yeah. was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was the emotion thing. You know, just like uh... Ray's just there, like call an ambulance, but not, not for, for me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, the, uh, the, something that I kind of want to talk about that we found out after watching this movie is the amount of really interesting deleted scenes that got cut. No, and like I said, this kind of alluding to the politics or not the politics, um, the setting. Okay. So it's world building tied to stormtroopers themselves, you know, like their culture and everything. 
where when they they see FN two, they see Finn on the elevator and they think, "Oh, you're FN two one eight seven And and he's and dressed he's, up in the officer's garb. And yeah. instead of thinking like, "Oh, he's sneaking on," they're like, "Man, good for us, right? Moving on up in the ranks," which was our which would have been our first time seeing someone from the space self. Yeah. Also, also there was a uh, Ralph Ennison is in there. Uh, th- he's the guy that plays the Green Knight in the Green Knight. No. Yeah. Why? Why was have he? him in a cameo that never has any dialogue or anything, and then you delete it? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I guess Ralph Ennison wasn't big at the time. No, and then they like allude to the fact that like because of the whole thing with Phasma in the first movie, you know, he's like, "Oh, what if I told them? All- I know that you were a coward." Yeah, he's like, "You might, I might be a coward, Phasma, but or you might think I'm scum, Phasma, but at the end of the day, you're the one that turned off the shields to Starkiller Base, and all the stormtroopers have." Finn, you know, cornered with blasters pointing at him. But then they're like, wait a minute, is that really true? And they're looking mm-hmm. at Phasma. And we get a wacky, like, Django-style, like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah, or she, she pulls out a pistol them. and just blows them all away. But then... Uh, so that would tie into the um, Duel of the Fates, you know, Stormtrooper Rebellion plotline that we never got, right? Which would have been uh, so cool yeah. to have in this. Because I, I really... Because we, we get that alluded to a lot in this trilogy, but Finn never gets to have that character thread. You know yeah. why? Book of Henry. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> All because Colin Trevorrow wanted to make a movie about a dying little boy helping his mom commit murder. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, and then This another great, movie happened. And then another great deleted scene that got cut is seeing Luke's actual like emotion at the news of, Luz, of, of Han being dead. And like he's like really sad, and then we flat, and then we cut to Leia, and Leia's kind of feeling that the same thing too, and it's a, it's like a, a tenuous bit of connection between the two. I know it. It might have been nice to get them all together. I don't know for like one, there, for one moment. Mm-hmm. There were there was it was like you know these were deleted scenes that you know some of them didn't really feel like they needed to be deleted. But this is a very long movie. Yeah, it, it is it over is. two hours long still. You know what, though? I, I really like that movies are getting longer again. You know, we used to have, like back in the old days, you know, movies would go on for like three, four hours sometimes, and some of them maybe not have been the best, but some of them are really great. Yeah, but... I like that we're getting back to that in nah, some regard. Terrifier but, but, 2 shouldn't have been two and a half hours long. Well, yeah, but, maybe not that, but... Yeah, but we have. Some, we also then had something called intermission, and these movies don't take intermissions. Even then, you didn't, this is true. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there there is like that little even, hole poked in my logic. Like like Kreider and I, we saw Hateful Eight's like big old like road yeah, show. Yeah, they did the seventy millimeter yeah. release, and they had a, a twenty minute intermission for great. the four hours long, which was great, yeah. and I'm cool with that. Now I would say, yeah, yes to longer movies. Caveat for uh, Blu-ray and streaming releases when audience can on these. Audiences can pause whenever they want to. Yeah, fair enough, I guess. I think like, we should make it in theaters where it's like, if enough people like press a button on their chair, like, <laughs> we're going to pause the movie for a five-minute bathroom break. Demo- democratic <laughs> pausing. <laughs> Bring power to the audience. It's a pretty great idea, I think. I think <laughs> we would get a lot more movies if it's like, all right, over half the audience has requested a bathroom break. Like, But I can totally agree with you on longer movies being greater, because you know, I'd certainly love a... 
Give Five me, hour long Denny Villeneuve Dune. Give Look, these movies more room to breathe is what I'm saying. I'm just really upset that Disappointment Boulevard was over three hours long and now it's under three hours long. No oh, shit. Mm. Like, this is an Ari Aster Joaquin Phoenix movie. It could be the craziest fucking thing ever made. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> Also, the Batman. Uh, I do like the three-hour-long running time. Yeah. Uh, well, that one's just like not cohesive because it's like a movie happens and then it's like surprise, another movie. Here's a fourth act. You forgot. <laughs> you forgot about Paul Dano. Well, you know this is this is also coming from the one whose favorite entry in the Lord of the Rings trilogy is the longer one. Yeah. With the multiple endings. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well. But yeah. uh, so. Last Jedi, I think it's really good. It just gets a lot of hate because it took some chances. Maybe this would have, maybe it would have gotten better reception if Ryan Johnson didn't do an entry in a trilogy. That's a big legacy to the original series. I know, maybe but maybe if he did his own thing, and or there was a better plan that fit this in. I, I feel like if there was a better plan, this would have been better received. They had a good, they had a good plan. They just threw it away. You know, it's like you know, it just goes back to you know, Force Awakens was a copy-paste remake of uh, A New Hope, and I feel like so many people went into this expecting a copy-paste remake of Empire off of that. Which, which in, it's in like, some ways, it is. Kind of, but also isn't. It's like Empire a is a very Empire. dark, you know, and like when I was a little kid, like it was hard for me to watch Empire because it's like a very dark story, you it's know? Not, not just dark, but it's also like it's very mature in its storytelling. It's not got a big old like MacGuffin plot that's happening. Well, that's a, a Lawrence Kas- that's a Lawrence Kasdan script for you. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, He's, I mean, you know, and Lawrence Kasdan did do Force Awakens, unfortunately. Oh, well, yeah. maybe not only by himself, though. Yeah, no, with his stupid not, son. Don't want to take away credit from Lawrence Kasdan. Even Lawrence Kasdan. Even if he did make <laughs> Dream uh, Catcher. He did the big chill. Yeah, he did do the big chill. He also headed up the ILM documentary series on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, you so say you've been watching that, right? I watched the whole thing. Fucking great, right? Incredible. So Lawrence Kasdan is a great writer, but the, the Poltergeist bit was my favorite when they're showing the sh- the house. Oh yeah, you should watch the ILM documentary as well, Sam. If you haven't, I'll I'll watch it as soon as I can watch it. Uh, so yeah, Last Jedi. I think that you know I really do think it's like the best one in the trilogy. Yeah. And oh God, I yes. agree. What the fuck are you talking you, about? You know, yeah. I, I know I know people that... If it wasn't for The Last Jedi, we would not be doing these movies. I, I know people... You know, Last Jedi catches a lot of shit. It totally does. But I also know quite a few people out there that love this movie because it's different. You yes. know, it's not just fan service wall-to-wall. It's trying to be its own thing in this legacy franchise which is like you said a very bold swing but you know what i appreciate it it's it's something different it's not just what we've seen already seven times before so yeah i i have nothing but great things to say about this one for the most part at this point eight times before what was rogue one True. Okay, yeah, that's right. I forgot Rogue One had already, and I was the one who fucking mentioned it earlier. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, it it tried to be its own thing, didn't quite succeed in all regards, but still landed enough of those punches. I think. No, even but even when I considered a winner, you want to watch Rogue One though. It's like the parts I hate the most are the parts where it's like bending over backwards to tie back to the original, like the. Uh... 
CGI Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Or uh, like, just who, having... Uh, like, three, who fucking cares? Or like, just, yeah. just having 3PO and R2 just there. They're like, they're going to Scarif. Or just that shot of Leia at the end where she's like, hope. And it's like audio from the original Star Wars, so it's like sounds really bad. <laughs> and then you like, also have uh, in the uh, in the X Wing fight on the on the planet surface, they have uh, footage. Yeah, they use footage. They reappropriate footage from Star Wars, which is also a bummer because unlike the J.J. Abrams movies, Rogue One was shot on digital. So they're cutting between 35 millimeter and digital. I'm like, I can fucking tell. There's <laughs> also this other thing with that movie where it's like Darth Vader. In an attempt to kind of go back to a New Hope-looking Darth Vader, they don't make it as polished as the other movies, or even Revenge of the Sith. So he's got some shit on him. Yeah. If you like, look close enough. Yeah, but it's okay because he fucking Jason Voorhees is those fucking guys. Yeah. Which is really, which is also funny because in you know it makes it when you watch a New Hope, it's like oh oh shit, what are the here he comes? It's like dude, you guys just like fucking <laughs> had a huge thing with him. Yeah. <laughs> But we're not talking about Rogue One. We're talking about The Last Jedi, which is... It's good. Yeah, it's... It's a great movie. Best in the trilogy, but not my favorite out of the Disney era of Star Wars movies. No, so what, <laughs> what makes a good Star Wars movie? You need a combination of, you know, <sighs> somberness and anarchy. You know, it's like the heart of Star Wars is a cross-section of classic sci-fi, spaghetti westerns, and Kurosawa samurai films, right? Yeah, yeah. Also, a little bit of like fantasy, like you know the 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 giant, certainly uh, Dune, a little bit of Lord of the Rings, probably yeah, a little bit of Lord of the Rings for Maybe sure. Maybe some Greek mythology for sure, certainly texture. yeah. Joseph the Joseph Campbell, you know, like the universal nature of the hero's journey. And that's the thing with this uh, this the, with Star Wars itself is that it just can be anything to anyone. It can be about like mythical knights fighting across planets. It can be about you know, resistance fighters fighting uh, space fascists. No, and, you know, that's the... It's like, for some people, it is a fantasy movie. For some people, it can be a war movie. Yeah. You know? And, like, maybe that's the issue is that, what, like, too many people bring their own preconceived notions to what a Star Wars should be. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Yeah. It's like, if anything, it's almost very much like Marvel Comics in that there's been so many renditions of it. No, I think of it as it's, you're essentially, you know, dealing with, like, a as as vast a universe you know it's yeah like the difference with marvel is that it has access to the multiverse but like we i have a countdown in my own mind it's like when is disney just gonna fucking have the multiverse of marvel collide with star wars that would be very cool it happened mm. in the comics yeah i don't like it though i know i'm not i know <laughs> we're not gonna like it but it's going to happen oh you just mean oh yeah it'll totally happen eventually yeah sure. i'm not saying it's good i'm not saying i'm looking forward to it but i'm saying eventually <laughs> they're going to fold their franchises into one or another well so do we want to give a rating on this one guys yeah you go ahead briggs i know this is your favorite yeah i am going to give this a solid nine out of ten it is not my favorite in the star wars franchise overall that i am currently wearing on my chest with my empire shirt mm-hmm. but <laughs> I would place this one probably second behind Empire in my franchise ranking. Like, for me, it's Empire, Last Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, all the others. Now, you see, I will be, you know, I'll be nice and generous in saying that, you know, this is like, I give this, it's definitely the best of the sequels. It's up there when it comes to, like, Disney Star Wars. I don't put it, like above any of the original movies like the original movies are still like better than this one 
but that could also be nostalgia. I will put it on par with like M, uh, not Empire, but uh, like A New Hope as a, as a really good movie, really solid Star Wars movie, which is why I give it an eight out of ten. Like I would rank things like you know it's always like original trilogy, sequel trilogy, prequel trilogy. I would uh, go eight out of ten on this. Um, my favorite Star Wars is A New Hope mm. because. Mm. In my opinion, there's a certain level of charm and anarchy that you never really capture again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can dig it. And it's like, I especially like to just put myself in the headspace of like a little kid in the 70s. You yeah. know, it's like, you could have seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre last week, and this week you're watching Star Wars. It's like, that's pretty, it's a, it's a, what a, what a time, what a time to watch, to be watching movies. My dad's often told me about how he felt as a kid seeing Star Wars for the first time. You know, it's funny. I was just watching the That 70s Show episode where it's all about them seeing Star Wars and how like they're freaking out about it. Yeah. You know? And like how even at the end, Red's like, oh, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, this is stupid. Wow. <laughs> now, when we do do the original trilogy, it'll be an interesting conversation because Briggs's Empire, Kreider's New Hope, and my favorite is Return of the Jedi. I love Return of the Jedi. Return of the I Jedi is look, awesome. You know, and especially when it's with good friends, it's like the worst Star Wars movie is better than going to work. It'll be it'll be the <laughs> Evil Dead episode all over again. Uh, but, <laughs> you don't but, actively hate Return of the Jedi. Yeah, do you? <laughs> you hate it? Oh, I meant I meant in the sense that it's like we each fall into a different camp with the. Uh, oh, with the it won't be you just like just taking just spreading your cheeks and taking a huge dump on Return of the Jedi. <laughs> No, no, it won't be me explaining how many different ways Sam is wrong for an entire episode. No, it won't be that. But I don't want to. Let's one yeah. one thing you know we we kind of glossed over in this is uh, how uh, you know Luke does eventually come to his senses and come back to reunite, join the fight in a sense while the others are trying to escape. And he does and he doesn't. He zoom. He he has he, a zoom. He, yeah. he's, he has a Zoom meeting. Yeah, he, but it, he it, asked, it really hurts him to do that kind of, to it, extend that broadcast. He he astral projects across the the solar system, across the universe, across the universe. And while it does save his friends, it pretty much kills him. So Luke Skywalker is effectively dead. But for some reason, the next movie is about someone named Skywalker rising. Yeah, Tommy like needs to see Skywalker's body, so they go and they like dig him up and they're gonna burn him, but then he gets struck by lightning <laughs> and Skywalker lives. I still think uh that Luke was on the exact same planet as Canto Bite and he was just trying to hide from like debtors from the gambling <laughs> That would have been such a great twist if it was just like, Hey, hey what are you doing here? <laughs> if Finn and Rose like in an escape pod crash on Luke's island. I know it's like, like you think he's been camping and like eating, it's like, hey, he went to a buffet last night. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, <laughs> would you like some green milk and absinthe? I call it a green oh, Russian. Guys, we didn't even touch on Luke drinking green milk straight from the titty. He doesn't drink it straight from the titty. He puts it in a cup and then drinks it. Still, he's taking it raw. No, and I just so yeah. My theory is that that's just the blue milk. It's just not pasteurized. <laughs> oh yeah, like that could the, be it. the process of pasteurizing it is what turns it blue. That reminds me, by the way, in Le- Le- Lego Scott, Lego Lord of the Rings, they have they they kind of have that. They they have the monsters, but like it's a it's a four it's like a, a regular four square Lego brick as the titties. 
<laughs> and then, but he doesn't start about mil- Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars, but he, but we don't. He doesn't do that in Lego Star Wars. He goes to a, he walks past it and goes to a milk bar run by porgs. <laughs> nice. Uh, should, should we go watch a Skywalker rise? Yep, that'd be great if we did a Clockwork Orange opening like that. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine. The Rise of Skywalker, a franchise in peril. Despite his critical and financial success, Sub Moff Johnson is forced to step as the, step down as Galaxy. Despite his critical and financial success, Sub Moff Johnson is forced to step down as the galaxy faces an uprising due to too much expectation subversion. Now, Abrams is pulled back in to appease the masses by gluing the mouse back together. Kylo Ren goes from the absolute villain to redeemable person. Poe and Finn are given little development, while Rose and BB-8 get no development. More old characters are dropped in and out with little care. New characters are dropped in with no plans. And Rey, the nobody with no ties, is in fact related to evil. We even got planet-destroying weapons, cardboard villains, and ties to other media not even fans care about. Just, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. <laughs> so we were trying to do a breakdown, and like we think that this is the one that we all, of all the movies we have ever covered on this podcast, and we try to make this a positive podcast, because yes. mo- making movies is hard. Yes, making movies is hard. As, uh, as anybody knows, we know how hard and what bullshit it is to make movies sometimes, as much as we love it. But that being said, like this movie is the worst piece of shit we've ever covered on this podcast, and that's saying a lot. That's Oop. saying a lot because like we're, the other contenders were Godfather Three, Godfather Three, um, Once Went in Mexico, potentially Curse of Michael Myers. If you want to be you Tomb know. of the Dragon Emperor, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. But we found something redeemable in all of those. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't think of anything I really like about this movie. <laughs> I will say this oh. is I like that part where Kylo Ren pulls out the lightsaber and he does a little shrug. Yeah. I know. But that's like a two second moment in a three hour movie. <laughs> three hours? It that fucking is... wishes. Holy shit. This, yeah, this is, is the, the shortest, shortest one. Of, the, of the three. This is the short it's still over two hours though. Isn't it, it is over two hours, okay. but it feels like it takes forever. It feels the so, longest. So here so because you Fucking nerds cried as hard as you did when Ryan Johnson oh. came out and gave us Last Jedi and did something different because you motherfuckers cried is, as much as you did. This is the worst Star Wars movie ever. We want a good Star Wars movie. Oh, <laughs> see, here's the thing. You don't get one. Yeah, you. first off, fuck you. You don't deserve one. And second off, Colin Trevorrow was already planning one. And yeah. that was going to be the best Star Wars movie if he had been able to do it, which I know Crider's got some backstory, some insight as to why that didn't I mean, happen. Sam, but Sam helps, him, but yeah, yeah. Still, I, uh, I did, well. Here, point being, I didn't know any of this backstory before we watched Rise of Skywalker. But Colin Trevorrow was planning Duel of the Fates, and the you can go Google Duel of the Fates right now and find the concept artwork with the story beats and i think even the uh, a version of the script even is a out version there. of the script is out there for people to read and know what was going to happen and, and, it, and I, I haven't uh it's it's it gets pretty crazy it is genuinely 
frustrating how amazing this movie could have been if they'd let him make it. But no, because motherfuckers out there cried like a bunch of little bitches. And Disney wanted to be safe again. They pulled J.J. Abrams back in and they crapped this piece of shit out. And it's like, you know, they retcon a good amount of what they started doing in Last Jedi and it's like, you know, while that's bullshit, and I think it's fucking shitty just kind of doing that, you know, looking at the movie we did get, I feel like you still could have kind of sort of made it work. But my biggest gripe with it overall, first and foremost, it's too short. And we're jumping around all over the place. Keep in mind, this is 2019. This is December 2019. Just half a year earlier, Avengers Endgame came out and gave us a fucking three-hour conclusion to the Tony Stark era of the MCU, and it was fan-fucking-tastic. This needed to be the endgame of the Star Wars franchise, and it wasn't, and it frustrates me still, even especially considering they even straight-up rip-off Endgame at some points of this, like during the final battle and whatnot, like it's like, you know, they wanted to be this and they just didn't. It's, it's just frustrating, you know, like think, it could have been decent at best. There are a couple of uh, big uh, franchise conclusions happening that year because that was also when Game of Thrones ended. Oh, oh wow. wow. Oh, wow. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. God. granted i have never really been big on game of thrones and i did not watch said uh finale but neither did i and i did watch game of thrones every everyone i know loves game of thrones and everyone i know does not like that finale (laughs) yep i have never once heard someone say anything good about the finale of game of thrones i literally i just didn't watch it and i I love people being like, well, you have to watch it. I'm like, no, I don't. You just said you you don't like it. I'm not going to watch it. It's like ending the prequels. You have to watch them. Just like certain things where I was just like, you know, you walk away and you're just like, I don't think I'm going to watch this anymore. (laughs) Like, so I'm trying to think of an example. Walking Dead. Yeah, definitely. Like at a certain point, I was just like, I gave up on Walking Dead ages ago. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Well, I mean... And even back on subject, Rise of Skywalker was one that you didn't even go see in theaters, Chris. I know, and this, that was... Yeah, what was the whole deal with that again? Because I knew it was going to suck. Well, no, I mean, how did you end up watching it eventually, though? <laughs> Disney Plus. Well, I, no, 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 no shit. No. Okay, but... all right, I'll tell you, I'll tell yeah. you. So, uh, so Crider was like, I'm never watching this piece of shit. And I was like, come on, man, you have to see it. Now, I you, had, you saw it in the I theater. saw it in theaters with my diehard Star Wars fan wife. And so, you know, I got to see it. Laughed my ass off the whole time because it was just a hilarious movie. Hey, you weren't married when Last Jedi was out. No, I wasn't married. Wait, no, I was married. Yeah, you were married for I that was one? married for that one because it oh, came okay. out December seventeen. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was, was totally married for that one. So Question it was, so it was literally two months later. So what, what is what is Beth's thoughts on Last Jedi? She thinks it's okay. Okay, she doesn't think, fair enough. She doesn't think it's great. But what are her thoughts on Rise of Skywalker? I have no strong emotions one way or the other. Oh wait, did you ask what you what her thoughts on were Last Jedi? Yeah. Oh, she likes Last Jedi. Oh, what does okay. she think about okay. this one? Uh, she she's, she says that one's okay. Okay. About Rise of Skywalker. 
But anyway, so so as you were saying, she's though, kind you... of with me, uh, and that you know, uh, like she likes the originals above above and beyond, and she's got a mixing of uh, opinions on the prequels and the sequels. But you know, she's a she's a hardcore Jedi uh, Star Wars fan. She's read the books like back when the expanded universe was a thing. She played almost every game she could ever get her hands on back when there was a million just Star Wars games going around. Mm-hmm. Not so much now with uh, EA just consuming it yeah. and I know, man, ruining it's a, it. It's a bummer with all the Star Wars medium we've had. We have we don't have a good Star Wars game right now. We have had more Star Wars games come out, Star Wars movies come out in the last couple of years than we had Star Wars games. Yeah, that's kind of hard. We had like four Star Wars, four major AAA Star Wars games come out in the last six or seven years oh god and that was uh and that was the battlefront games oh, uh, and we actually fall in order and the fall in order games order. yeah and uh, so um uh, but anyway so Crider didn't want to see rise of skywalker i've uh-huh. seen rise of skywalker i'm like come, come on man you gotta finish this you have to and he's like okay i'll tell you what watch the mandalorian back then two seasons of the mandalorian were out at this point you watch that and then i'll watch rise of skywalker and uh, Beth and I binged uh, The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. not not as part of a challenge, but because it was really good. Yeah. We, we loved it. We loved The Mandalorian. So, Beth especially loved The Mandalorian. And so because y'all binged that, he went and <laughs> I came watched over, I came over and watched Rise of Skywalker. As a ins- man of honor, he watched it. <laughs> yeah, this, so, is, this is the way. So who really won this challenge? <laughs> Obviously, Sam did. <laughs> Sam got good Star Wars content, and I had to like expose myself to the depths. <laughs> you had to scrape the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Wait, so it was 2019? Okay, yeah. well, it, it had been out, so it came out in 2019, so... It was, it was in already, 2020 you watched it. Yeah, it was, I was going was, was to say it was like it was deep pandemic. I just remember because we were coming off of watching all the Friday movies. And like and I said, the, the, season fa- the season finale of season two had came out like a week before we, you watched it. Of Mandalorian, of yeah, Mandalorian. Where, where it tied back to fucking Skywalker. So this had to have been like, what, 2021 or something? Because I don't think, did they have Mandalorian on Disney Plus in 2020? They did have yeah. it on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, their, that was our big pandemic. Yeah, there was the big okay, pandemic right. boom is because everyone was locked in. It was like, well, that's, I guess I'll watch Mandalorian. That's right. Marvel was the one that didn't have their shows out yet. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Precisely. Okay. Because that was also the time they were trying to get people to watch uh, Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Okay. Oof. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I mean, Me neither. Eternals. Is... I tried to watch Eternals and I like, I can't finish it. Black Widow is one of the movies I have ever seen. You say that about a lot of the more recent Marvel movies. I wonder yeah. why. It's almost like, <clears throat> I, could I mean, it be like resting on their laurels has led to a decrease in quality? I, would, I mean, I would revisit any of the other Marvel movies re- recently released before I would revisit Black Widow again. <laughs> I mean, it just, yeah, like... Even Eternals? it certainly doesn't. It certainly doesn't seem very interesting, but like I could, I could be judging incorrectly. It's got some decent action sequences. I should check it. It's got David Harbour, who I love. I do really want to, of course, s- Rachel Vice. I do really want. Florence Pugh. Want to see pew, it pew. because I like Taskmaster as a villain. I do too. And I do an too. I really wanted. Twist, apparently, I really wanted Taskmaster, ta- Taskmaster to come into the Deadpool universe though, because that's he's a better Deadpool villain. Well, they saved that for Madcap. What? Read the Deadpool three casting. No, I hear Hugh Jackman's coming back. Yeah, uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, 
Um, hey, but Chris you know. Holt. Also, Wait, uh, Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. That's it. So Beast. Yeah, Beast. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so are Fastbender, and so is McAvoy. And so they're doing a lot of time travel in this one. My guess is that they're going to be doing some kind of crazy thing based on what I know about Madcap. Like he's kind of like this weird, like also meta, like crazy cosmic villain. Okay. And so my guess is that this is going to be some kind of like tongue in cheek, multiverse of multiverse of madness comedy to fold the X-Men continuity selectively into the Marvel universe. That's That's smart. You know, who's not coming back though? The Skywalkers, because <laughs> Luke Skywalker fucking died at the end of the last movie, <laughs> and Leia died too. Yeah. So between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, Carrie Fisher passed away very unexpectedly. So that really threw a monkey wrench into doing. La- so it's like I won't fault them on that regard. It's like okay, you lost Pr- Princess Leia is dead yeah, now. So we like, gave her kind of a. She gets kind of a little shuffled off, like, I'm going to lie down for a while and die. Yeah, which is a shame. They clearly wanted to do, they clearly had that planned with this movie, just they didn't get to do everything they wanted to with the movie. Yeah, and I I will say, though, I thought it was interesting that they kind of tied the moment she takes her last breath through the Force to Kylo and Rey, because they're fighting on the surface of the Death Star wreckage at that point, and it's Kylo feeling his mother's death that, and that gives Ray that upper hand where she fucking impales like, him. He's like, my mommy's dead. And she's like, ha, that was my chance. <laughs> my mommy's dead. Ha, that makes two of you. There's <laughs> an, there's an so is mine. You don't see me crying all the time. There is a. It kind of brings back that complex, uh, like... Uh, feeling that he does have toward his mom and like because like in last jedi he was in a starfighter and he was gonna blast torpedoes at the bridge of the ship that she's on but he doesn't because she gives him that mom look where she's like benjamin yeah she's like oh shit she used the full benjamin solo benjamin skywalker solo (laughs) benjamin chewbacca skywalker (laughs) solo you put that starship down right now benjamin skywalker albus sirius Severus Hard. Solo. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will say though, Junior, you guys, we we didn't even touch on Mary Poppins, Princess Leia, because it's not that I don't I don't, I don't mind, mind it. it. Yeah, no, but um, if so you're y- a telekinetic space wizard and you're stuck in the vacuum of space, what are you gonna do? The prequels so, have done so much more sillier things with the Force. So okay, so going back to Rise of Skywalker though. You know, it, another disappointment is, you know, how much Ryan Johnson made strides to leave the past behind in a way. You know, okay, we're going to move on. We're going to do something different. And this movie's whole mission statement is nope. Literally, yep. Luke's ghost contradicts Luke. Yeah, uh-huh. Where it's Jedi like he never thro- throws his weapon away. <laughs> it's like, except for you, and you throw it into that fucking porg nest yeah thank god that porg you know probably caught it and died on impact well, I, yeah. think, I think the porgs are the first jedi yeah man what do you think the porgs taste like chicken well, they look like a chicken or a quail of uh, it's got to be like a tender meat i, I want it to be a surprising thing you know <laughs> <laughs> but, hey disney uh, when are you gonna give us porg meat at galaxy's you've edge been, yeah you've been giving us emu meat all these years and saying it's a turkey leg <laughs> <laughs> but so another thing little known fact it's emo meat look it up look it up <laughs> but so 
Another thing about this tril- about this movie is that it kind of has the meta text like thesis of the movie through the symbolism of Kylo Ren's helmet. You know, first movie we're being a complete like copycat of a new hope. See, it's a, a new helmet. It's a new Darth Vader helmet. Second movie, no, fuck this. Break it in half. Not coming back. We're, we're doing something new. This isn't the old movies. Third movie, no guys, we're sorry. Please here, let's glue this thing back together and boom. Helmet's back, baby. Right? We're good, right? Uh, no, and it's right? kind of like, it's really interesting because like the last Jedi is about the dangers of nostalgia and this one's about the importance of nostalgia. Yeah, like really hardcore just nostalgia baiting in this movie. Like they are, they it's are insanely gonna sh- unnecessary. They are going to shove those original three movies down your throat so fucking hard and guess what, nerds? You're going to pay for all of it. No, and we, we joke about it because like you never actually see Lando getting the news that Han Solo's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love he even cares. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, oh, so where's Han? It's like, oh, he died. What? This is how I find out. Can we have a ship back? Chewbacca, what do you think of this? Oh, he's drowning. Oh, okay. So you mentioned Chewbacca and Lando in the same sentence in the context of this movie. That just brings me to... Uh, so we get an action sequence where uh, they're being chased on this not Tatooine or Jakku desert planet. and yeah, uh, whatever. Then uh, they get caught. Another desert. <laughs> they, they get found by uh, First Order, and they capture Chewie. <laughs> yeah, which is like a really stupid moment because she's like, no, and she tries to stop the ship with her force powers. Which and I'm Kylo's like, trying to push no, it also. Uh, yeah. And then, which is like so st- so stupid. Like obviously, they're ha- they're just let a it go. Fight. <laughs> the it also reminds have... me of the moment in like Civil War where like. Vision just like like hey stop and he like fucking just cripples War Machine by mistake. <laughs> it's uh the Force really should have torn that ship in half all by itself, but no, it had to be Force Lightning from Ray's fingers to blow it up. But and, uh, yeah, because we got that now. There's a bringing back that Force Lightning. Back to uh when I when I showed this movie to Kreider, um and we saw what it looked like Chewie dying. Kreider was like Sam, be real with me. Is Chewie dead? <laughs> and Sam uh, was like, "Yeah, yes." Yeah. <laughs> Giga Chad asshole move. I was like, "Yeah, he's dead. He's not coming back." And do you know what? Do you know what's hilarious is like Hallie, my girlfriend, just did the exact same thing to me. Uh, we were watching a TV show, and a beloved character appeared to die, and I was like, "Is he dead for real?" I'm asking you because I'm like, I'm going to work right now. I, don't, I won't be able to watch the show for a bit. Is he dead? And she's like, "Yeah." And, like, now he's, and now he's back, and I was so upset because I'm like, I. Take, oh. <laughs> yeah, because like then like three minutes later, it's like we got a prisoner and it's Chewy. Yeah, no, and it's like man, and I was like, ah, if, 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 we got you. Chewy's too simple to kill, just like R two D two and C3. or three PO. Yeah, yeah. Man, you can't Cry- kill the side characters like that. Kreider, if you're that gullible for main characters dying, I can't wait for you to finally watch the Chucky show. Ugh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Although I will admit, I, I do feel like an asshole doing that because. I mean, even when I watched that movie, it's like, yeah, Chewie's absolutely dead. Uh, it kind of reminds me of when I watched uh, uh, into another J.J. Abrams classic, Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, where... Um, My name is where Kirk Where Kirk dies for a bit. Yeah, and I'm like... Man, it's like in the original Wrath of Khan, they committed to Spock being dead for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, for like a whole ending of a movie. And then the first part of a movie. Until so? his dad's like... My son's fine. What are you doing? (laughs) 
But Either way, it, though, they ended Wrath of Khan with him being dead. Yeah, they ended Wrath of Khan so with him being dead. So that's totally brave. And so I'm like... Kind of like, like how they ended Empire with Han frozen in carbonite. It's like, oh shit, no! You know what I found out, guys? Those fucking pecs on Ricardo Montalban were 100% real. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ricardo Montalban was a badass. Yeah. I know, I'm just saying, like, that. those, those tits were fucking great. <laughs> Under his little fur thing, and he's like, um, he's an old dude. Fucking so... Huge, huge, massive pecs. So right. I, th- I don't even think we've mentioned Ricardo the, the dumbest part about uh, this movie yet. Is, uh, what is the dumbest part, actually? I'm curious. The knife? I don't know. Somehow. The Emperor returned. Palpatine returned. Uh, Why? Why do I have fucking Palpatine again? We, op- we open with the stu- possibly the stupidest line to ever flash across space in yellow text. Is- the dead speak. Like, what? So I did research on the whole like Palpatine being back thing for uh, whatever expanded universe books that are canon based on this that there are. It's actually Jar Jar. <laughs> no, it's not Jar Jar, but uh, uh, so Palpatine escapes the the Death Star and he goes to Exegol, where the cult of uh, the Eternal or something are waiting. Uh, and that's where he's like starts experimenting with clone technology to create a new body so that he can like you know have a mortal life and whatnot. Question: How does he escape the Death Star? Uh, apparently, he like uses the Force to stop the flames surrounding him and consuming him, and he like and it, but it takes a lot of energy out of him. Of course, he uses the Force. Like, why do we bother doing anything when they can just pull ridiculous crap like that? Yeah, I was about to say, man, that's. The stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then is a uh, this movie is crawling with stupid shit. But if you're so, if you remember in Return of the Jedi, there was like a bunch of weirdos in like black robes. Uh, that's the cult of Eternal. Where were where were those guys? The there's like they're there in the background uh, when like uh, the Emperor arrives on his on, on the Death Star and they're walking behind while he's. They're not the Vader. orange guys. Uh, no, not the red guys. Uh, they're in black and they've got like lumpy, scarred up faces. Hmm. I'll need to rewatch Jedi to see that because I do not ever remember seeing. Rewatch those it for there. funsies because yeah. it's a good movie. <laughs> Indeed, it's so, a good trilogy capper. So the the story is that uh, so Palpatine goes to Exegol with his with the help of his cult. There he starts cloning to try and find a new way to get a new body. And Snoke and Rey's father are one of the many like attempts at making a clone that'll. That with, but with the same force power levels that he has. Hmm. Snoke is one of the more successful ones, but his tie to the force is so strong that he can't like move his consciousness into Snoke's head. And so he kind of like lets him go uh, with a little bit of like conditioning to start the First Order. Meanwhile, Luke's fa- uh, Ray's father... Uh-oh. See, uh, Crider's uh, giving me that look that he got when we were watching... Uh, once upon a time in Mexico, <laughs> just absolute exhaustion and hatred. I'm not. I don't hate you. I know you don't hate me. I know this is like you hate this movie. But so then, Ray's father is a clone of Palpatine, and one of the many that was able to, one of the few that was able to escape, uh, being like basically like deleted. And you know, he goes off, uh, which is an origin story for Punchies. Somewhere meets a girl. And they have a kid. Somewhere, you mean Jack Who? No, no and then there's a whole dumb yeah, because there's a Jedi hunter with a stupid knife. Yeah. 
And then they have yeah. like a Jedi, a, a Sith tracker that like is a weird like MacGuffin a little, that can take you to Exegol. Yeah, it's like oh, a the little Sith GP- wayfinder. Yeah, That's it's like a little GPS pyramid thing that glows, and so they. Uh, you remember in Phantasm when he popped open the Phantasm ball and there's a little brain inside? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, s- stupid. Things are stupid when you explain them too much. <laughs> knowing what I do about like, because so the 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 universe of Star Wars that I like most are the old RPG video games which take place before the Clone Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, and Knights all of that. the Old Republic with the uh, where Jedi and Sith and the Empire and the a Republic were plenty and equal forces and fighting across the galaxy, and it takes a bit of lore from those games to. Uh, the whole Sith thing. No, and, you know, fucking, they really pick and choose when they want to from the video games and books. Because, mm-hmm. like, Last Jedi has a couple references to and, the to the, to the the video games and shit. And then, of course, there's a whole character that's uh, in, in Rebels, uh, one of the shows, Admiral Thrawn, who is more known in the comics and the books for the sequel era. And he's just kind of put in a, a slightly different era uh, for the show. Mm. So they're just... You know, Disney is willing to like pick and choose whatever they want is canon, but reapply to their new canon. But so like back, the, I don't like this. Sounds that. really <laughs> fucking stupid, Sam. <laughs> like we were at the time we were watching the Friday movies, and we had just seen Jason Goes to Hell, which is also very stupid. Yes, <laughs> and also involves a stupid magic knife. But and I it also involves an unnecessary familial ties. Yeah, it's like I'm Jason's niece, which is like, and yet I would watch Jason Goes to Hell ten times before I watch Rise of Skywalker one more time. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, this totally. is, we watched Rise of Skywalker for this podcast. I doubt I will ever watch it again. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen it since seeing it in the theater in 2019, and god damn it. God I... damn it. And as of, and what's really sad is at the time of this recording, this is the last Star Wars movie to be out. Yeah. I don't like this movie, but I don't dislike it i don't think it's okay yeah, this is the but i that... do think it's hilarious and it's just so and i love how over the top and stupid it is yeah you you've said you this is your favorite for all the wrong reasons yes <laughs> this is the movie the star wars fans deserved after yes, the it, bullshit well, it's and like you know what we needed just is like full of that he does exactly what he did in the first one, which is just like, let's just introduce a bunch of characters. And you know? ask a bunch of questions and not answer any of them. And it's like, it's like hot black stormtrooper girl. Not only is she a good romance for Finn, but since she's the only other black person, she's got to be Lando's daughter. I know, that was so <laughs> weird. But we also don't explain that and say we just have a creepy moment where he's like, I could help you find your daddy. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, no. And everyone's like, are you going to sleep with that girl? He's like, what? No, it's my daughter. Ah, no. no You're going to sleep with your daughter? No, please. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> kind of dug myself into a yeah. hole here. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, you, these, these zoomers are quite insidious. <laughs> that's something we didn't discuss with these movies is, that, is the, the lack of romance that we've had in this trilogy well because okay, like there's so like, like been set up to try and do different things yeah finn's supposed to fall in love with ray in the first one we think maybe there's well, a, he, but he it, likes her yeah he likes her he's like you got a cute boyfriend but also he could be gay all oh, right he's mm-hmm. asking if her boyfriend's cute so but he can't also can't be with poe dameron he can't be with rose because china really freaked out having a black guy kiss a chinese girl so 
Yeah. And the third one, we give him a racially acceptable partner. And we <laughs> put Rose to the side. Ah, She's yes. like, I'm busy. I can't go on adventures with you guys. I have I, to do I actually have a, stuff. I have a rich inner life that you'll never know about. Bye. <laughs> Which is a shame. Because I like Rose. Yeah. I know. She's a, she's a lovely character. I wanted more... We didn't. We, we didn't need even, more normal people. You know? We, we didn't yeah. even touch on her and Finn's moment at the end of Last Jedi, where it's like Finn is willing to sacrifice himself by flying into the uh, the, cannon. the gun, the cannon, and then Rose just fucking swats him out of the sky with her her craft, and it's like, oh, you saved me. Or it's like I saved you, dummy. <laughs> Look, I know these are really obscure movies, but you guys can watch them. Yeah. Watch Star Wars. Look it up. It's got to be streaming somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You got to believe us. Um, You got to believe us. These were movies once. (laughs) So this one is the most MacGuffin filled where it's like, first they got to go. We got to get the Wayfinder. Then we got to get the knife to find the Wayfinder. But now we got to get 3PO to a place to translate the knife, which we lost in the tunnel. That'll tell us the location of the Wayfinder. And also there's a Spy in the first order that's feeding them information. Who oh, yeah. could this we never spy talked about, be? We never talked about Chris's favorite character in this trilogy, <laughs> Admiral Hugs. <laughs> so Dom Hall Gleason is in too many things. <laughs> I think we all agree on that, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't really just because that's all I've ever seen him in. You haven't seen the Revenant? Uh, he's in Mother. Who was he in Mother? He's Kane. Yeah, he's Kane. Oh, he's one of the sons. Yeah, he kills yeah. his brother with a with a doorknob. Holy shit, that's him. Yeah, that's yeah. him. Whoa, he's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. He's perfectly cast as a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, anytime he's playing a fucking asshole, like when he's an incel in Ex Machina. Pretty oh good yeah, ca- yeah, pretty good casting. Uh-huh. But uh, the Revenant makes no fucking sense. Man, he, uh, it, Peter he, Rabbit movies. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Do- you know what doesn't make sense. Hugs being the fucking spy. It's just because he hates Kylo Ren. It's kind of funny. Yeah, no, it's like, uh, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm already at the top of the food chain, but I'm not at the top of the food chain. It's, it's like how DeSantis might be our key to stopping Trump this time. So. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like uh, it's like it takes a Nazi to kill a Nazi, you know? Oh, you damn. Know, maybe they'll just shoot each other to death. <laughs> but, but you know, so. If you go back and look at what Colin Trevorrow had planned for this character, there was going to be a whole sequence where he succumbs to the realization that he's going to lose. The First Order is going to fall because he's just villainous throughout the whole thing. There's no spy bullshit that doesn't make any sense. And he ends up committing seppuku with a red lightsaber at the end. Damn. It's like, fuck, that would have been fucking awesome fuck you nerds i mean i'm more like the whole like thing where finn is going to be uh finn leads like a revolution on coruscant and leading the workforce and stormtroopers to go fight the that, empire that would no, have been like, incredible also we got you know it's interesting though is like you do get elements of that in solo at least which is uh the droid rebellion which is pretty badass now and another thing i want to talk about that rise of skywalker is fucking stupid about is like we're we've been led to believe that uh, light speed is an extremely complex process and you need a supercomputer, almost like Dune, except it's an actual computer. Yeah. But you need a supercomputer to calculate the trajectory. Yeah. Because the thing with the hyperspace and the world of Star Wars is that it's not so much that a, like a ship can jump 
wherever you're it wants to. You're not physically moving, right? You're going yeah. into another dimension. Yeah, you're basically going into another dimension, hyperspace dimension, and you're just kind of like popping yourself out through here and there. It's kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like I, that Beastie Boys song. I was going to make a comparison to Warhammer 40k, but I don't know if you guys aren't like super like relatable to that no but my, i every not, time i every time i hear something from it i'm like this sounds fucking cool the well, extent of my warhammer knowledge is that bolt thrower took their name from it well, or all, the, all those memes about being disgusted by your own flesh well basically <laughs> in a warhammer people go through warp space which is another dimension that's adjacent to ours but it's also fucking hell where demons live and you have to be careful flying through it cool it's metal nice. as shit. So yeah. So anyways, we've we've established by now that light speed, unless you're doing a holdo maneuver, you know, is like very complex. But we completely undercut that with Poe, just like, zoom, 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 and not only doing that, he just that, like starts like he's, he's what is it? What do they call it? Uh, light speed jumping. Light speed jumping, which makes no fucking sense because if you're not calculating speeds? the paths correctly, you are so easily going to run into things. And, and, it's crazy and not that only he's not, he's going through like we see a city and shit in one of the places and, he drops off. At. And not only that, but he's also fucking doing it in the Millennium Falcon, which is notorious for being not great at light speed sometimes. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, right? and, and that that is one thing that I will say does make sense in this is when they get back to the Rebel camp and Ray finds out she rips his fucking ass for doing that. She's like, you cannot jump light speed jump in the fucking Millennium Falcon. It'll fly apart. Like, what are you doing, you it's stupid an, fucking asshole? It's an antique car at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got the little license plate on the back that just says antique. <laughs> no, I do wonder, though. It's like Lando is probably psyched to finally get his ship back. You know, I was about to say, uh, not only that, but also, why are Luke and Han famous, but not the Millennium Falcon? It's a very good question. It's yeah. the it's the ship that killed the Death Star. No. The, the second one. Yeah. But that was still under construction, so that's no, mostly known as the ship that killed a thousand construction workers. <laughs> <laughs> they were stormtroopers. Con- yeah, I guess, the, but they're just like Finn, who are just like, eh, I'm so glad that we're on carpentry work. It's so much easier than, hey, what's that? <laughs> I sure wish we didn't have to wear helmets doing carpentry work. Though. You know, as we've said, no one's ever talked about Star Wars, but yeah, it would be funny if there was a scene in a movie where they talk about the victims yeah. on the Death Star. Um, Jennifer, I was going to say. Uh, but yeah, like, and Kevin Smith did make the point. It's like, well, if you take a job from evil, you sh- you you pretty much know what you're signing up for. But if you're a child soldier who's been raised and conditioned, yeah, it's yeah, a little different. You don't really have any uh, other options. Much this was like the only, clones. yeah, and like you know, that's why it could have been a lot more interesting if we got more of the actual feelings of stormtroopers, which we almost do. Like they scan over it with the stormtroopers yeah. that apparently uh, this is a rebelled. platoon. Yeah, yeah hot, gir- hot girl is part of a platoon of stormtroopers that rebelled and like killed their leader and like are living free. Yeah, apparently she had a feeling, which is possible. High on believing. That uh, you're in love with she's me. got force uh, sensitiveness, uh, which also was kind of what we like. Uh, not, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, hinted at for Finn. You know, it's a really good Star Wars movie. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. <laughs> based, good movie. It's based, man. I want more 
Sylvester Stallone is Dakar. Best MCU movie ever. Mm, it's, it's good. It's, it's definitely up there. Yeah, it's up there. It's my favorite. It's got care. a our only auteur uh, fucking Marvel movie. Mm, yeah. No, talking about yeah that. Uh, are we ever gonna do a Marvel trilogy? Yeah, there's plenty of options. Eventually. Yeah. Which Spider-Man would we do? Well, I mean, I've already pitched it. I remember pitching doing the Captain America trilogy back oh, yeah. when we were first putting our initial list together. Mm-hmm. So. No, that's that's good. It's just like, man, it's just a bummer that Civil War is more of an Avengers thing. Yeah. You know what, though? It's labeled Captain America, so I'm going to throw it in on a ca- No, and it's still an amazing movie. and like For sure. It's still a good one. Like a, Way better than Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> come on. How many how many Marvel how many Marvel movies is Rise of Skywalker better than? I don't know. I was just trying to steer the conversation back to Rise of Skywalker. I know you were. <laughs> I know. You keep it going by combining the conversation. It really is. It really breaks my heart that we have to end it like this. No, I think I, that's why we ha- we're going to do a, one more episode for this year because I can't end 2022 with Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> uh, here's a here's a better here's a way to get back on topic. Is this worse than the prequels? Yes, yes. really, one hundred percent. Yes, yes. I don't think so. Oh, that's one hundred percent. Yes, prequels are still worse. All the prequels nope. are still worse. One hundred percent. Nope. They're boring. Nope. They look ugly. Nope. They don't make any sense. Nope. They're stupid. Nope. The lightsaber battles nope. suck. Nope. Nope. I, Rise of Skywalker is a far more entertaining, far more funny film. Nope on all fronts. I'm Sam, sorry, Sam, you are objectively wrong. <laughs> Sam, you are my best friend, and I love you, but you're wrong. Okay. Well. Yeah, I would literally watch any of them uh, before this one i, I would can't. i, I just would, can't i would take all three of my prequel blu-rays all three of the dvds i don't know because i like, would crunch them all up into dust and i would inject them into my bloodstream before watching rise of skywalker again because like as shitty as the prequels are there's a level of cohesion you can, rise of skywalker it really feels like it was written by a child. And not not only that, but you can tell these are very George Lucas movies. You can tell he wants to tell this story. He had more that he wanted to say with this property. This is literally just because Disney's got the rights to yeah, it. And, and they just... realized they fucked up when they started this without a plan. And they realized, can... fuck, we got to finish it now. Yeah, and it's like, George Lucas can write unintentionally hilarious dialogue, too. Exactly. We get plenty of that. I, um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I don't want to go, I've been trying to, like, you know, play it down the middle, but... You're wrong. Rise of I'm Skywalker. not playing it down the middle. You're wrong, I know, Sam. I know Fuck you think you. I'm wrong. You apparently put Revenge of the Sith up there with... Empire yeah, that, and the Last fact Jedi. that that's yes, I do. Yeah, Gross. I like all the originals over the prequels, but like <laughs> I'm not, you know. Look, this is the first podcast ever made about Star Wars, <laughs> and we need to. This is a somber duty that we're carrying because someday they're not even going to remember movies, but they'll still have this podcast. <laughs> okay, you're right. To but... listen to it and think once there were movies. They weren't good, there but weren't there good. were movies. There were movies, though, once. <laughs> I, I still want to put out there that I would much rather watch the sequels, any sequel over any prequel, of purely out of like both entertainment factor and for like quality of picture. Yeah. 
I'm just like, I just find them far more entertaining than any prequel. And I find them far more easier to look at than any prequel. I mm. love you, Sam. I love you too, Kreider. <laughs> you broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, the script is very much over everywhere. And it's, uh, Chris, what, and it's Chris Terrio, who I, I remember I remember after Argo, him. everyone was like, man, this Chris Terrio guy's dude. And then after he did what? like Argo. Okay. Oh wow! Wow! Argo's writer yeah. did this. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, he, uh, really? God Argo's writer did this and Batman vs Superman. So he oh, was. Oh uh, He was clearly not as good as we thought he was. And I really wanted to give him a pass after Batman vs Superman because it's, it's like, oh, it's hard. It's hard to do a DC movie. It's well, like, nope. not, not only hard, but it's also, um, uh, it's uh, Fuckface's fault. Yeah, uh, uh, Zack Snyder. No, not Zack Snyder. The, um, uh, the other Joss writer, Joss Whedon. No, not Joss Whedon. Bat- Bam for Super. Oh, David Esquire. David Esquire. I put. I would. I pinned on him. What was I just watching that had David Esquire in the? Oh, Sandman. Yeah. He still is. A, he's still a producer. Oh, he's a producer, and he's got some story by credit. So you know, he's he's involved. Uh, hey, David Goyer's. You know, even if he's not a great writer, he's got good movies. Yeah. Blade, uh, Blade One and Two. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. I'll give you I'll give you that. I give Come that on. far more to other people that actually worked on it. But anyway, Let's, so I can... but but yeah, with this movie, Chris Terrio, he really flushes that credit down the toilet. God. But like, it could also be so... but it could also all be JJ Abrams' fault. No, I don't really fault Abrams mostly because to me Abrams so okay, so in Force Awakens, Abrams, I mean you can tell J.J. Abrams is a Star Wars fan. Like, it's blatantly obvious. So seeing Force Awakens, seeing it be a blatant remake of Star Wars, it makes sense. You know, okay, of course J.J. Abrams would be the one to remake Star Wars. All right, fair enough. Whatever, who cares? With this, though, it is just so blatantly obvious that he's really just a puppet, being used by Lucasfilm to just steer a fucking blockbuster-sized film of nothing but nonsensical fucking fan service, shut these fucking nerds up so they won't cry anymore online, (laughs) do what you're told. J.J. Abrams is good at taking orders. He also... uh... You know, he was also like uh, Ryan Johnson ruined my vision. Actually, yeah. What the fuck is that all? No, about? and there were like there were like editors and shit. Who's like, I just think it's so shitty that you come into someone else's work and do all this stuff. It's like, whoa, he and like during when Last Jedi came out, J.J. Abrams was one hundred percent. It's like uh, he came to me every step of the way, and I approve everything. It's like when Zack Snyder, when uh, Joss Whedon edit Justice League came out, and although this seems to be something different from that situation, but yeah. Also. It is different. I, I will. I'll, I'll give it that. But and also, still, it like if Joss anything, Whedon. it makes it more tragic because you know Zack Snyder was like, "Oh, he came to me and he helped me out, and it was uh, it was during a hard time." And then afterwards, like Joss Whedon ruined everything. This everything. whole franchise is ruined. And uh, so you know, I it's definitely. But I just hate that bullshit that happened with abrams and last jedi just completely just like stabbing johnson in the back with that no and you know what we got was a, an extremely low grossing low critical approval star wars movie which has is like this the lowest affected... rated star wars it's definitely on uh, one of the most financially unsuccessful yeah yeah because it's expensive as hell clearly i think yeah. it was i think it's actually the least financially successful of the star wars movies yeah that makes sense 
Yeah, because I remember I, I watched it. It was a one and done deal for me. If not for this episode, I don't know if I ever would have gone back and rewatched it. But you know, I just I kept thinking coming out of it, it's like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like, I don't feel good about what I just watched. It's got a fifty fifty two percent tomato meter, but eighty six percent audience score. Rise I, of Skywalker. I tend to think that that's all bullshit, though. Wow. Well, yeah, it's Rotten Tomatoes. What do you expect? Oh, actually, the least successful financially is Attack of the Clones. Nice. I knew it had to be one of them. Wow. Yeah. And then Last Jedi is a 91% tomato meter, 42% audience score. Which just goes to show Star Wars' audience doesn't know what they want. Yeah, you know, that's another thing that this trilogy has. It kind of reminds me of back in the back in the Snyder days. Wow. Force Awakens, 93% tomato meter, 85% audience score. Mm. For which one? Uh, the first one, Force Awakens. Wow. So that one... I don't know. I mean, I think that one had a lot of like goodwill, and so we gave it a lot of uh, leeway. Yeah, we had we gave it leeway for being better than a prequel, and we gave uh, leeway for being like, well, this is the start of a new story. Yeah. Clearly, they're going to do more after this. Of course, it's, it's just bullshit table setting. And then once we actually start eating at the table, it's like stupid. It's we kinda, don't like this. It's kind of like. Nah. Uh, it's kind of like a, a defense that Bright got. Remember, we saw Bright the same day as uh, The Last Jedi. Really? Yeah, we watched. <laughs> we went to theaters to watch Last Jedi. We went uh, to go hang out with some friends, and we're like, yeah, it wasn't that good. And then it was like, well, we were going to watch Bright on Netflix. And, oh, and let's I was check like, that oh, out. Yeah, I've been meaning to see that. And, <laughs> and this, was, this was a big deal because it was like the most expensive movie that Netflix had like produced mm-hmm. at the time. And it's an idea that I've always wanted to do, which is bring fantasy tropes that are like more Lord of the Ringsy to a modern day suburban and setting. And that movie sucks shit through sucks a straw. Sucks so hard. <laughs> made Last Jedi better. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, anyway. I think that's why we like Last Jedi. Is it's like, yeah, you know, having watched Bright, <laughs> <laughs> you saw what an actual bad movie looked like. <laughs> I have not seen True Evil until last night, <laughs> uh, and uh, I feel like <coughs> with some of the shit that they try to pull off in Rise of Skywalker, it's like this one goes everywhere. Yeah. No, I know, and like, it seems to be setting up for something, but I don't know. Like, where you know they what gonna... it's setting up for? It's setting up for a very endgame wannabe ending where you have a force of fighters that are kind of scrappy. They're at the end of their wits, and they're going to uh, take gonna on... How are we going to survive? They're going to take on Thanos and lose, and right when he's about to deliver the killing blow... Lando flies in on the Falcon. On your left, Cap. Oh wow, that's funny. Yeah, it's yeah. literally a black guy and a Falcon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On your left, <laughs> and fucking next thing you know, they go out and whoa! All the Doctor Strange portals opened up, and all these ships from all over the galaxy are flying into Exegol now. Even and Wedge Antilles is back. Which yeah, is a, which is a great shot that was. Totally stolen from uh, the Futurama episode where all the ships on Earth get drafted. Yeah, and Lila's like, "That's this, this, this sucks. If we're gonna die, let's go do it at home." <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's it's literally the end game ending where it's like you know you have your main heroes that are about to fucking die, and the next thing you know, everyone shows up and they win, and then it's over. And then you have your epilogues where you show like. Uh, the rebel camp, everyone's 
tie-ins up there. Lando's being creepy with the Stormtrooper girl. Uh, but then you have... Ray buries the lightsabers, then makes her own stupid lightsaber, and there's a stupid lady who's like, "Hey, what's your what's your stupid name?" And Ray's <laughs> like, "My stupid name is Ray Stupid Skywalker." <laughs> and and because it's like you know just random people just coming up to her in this movie have been like, "Hey, what's your last name?" Hey, what's your last name? Know. And she's like, oh, fuck. This I whole forgot. time. Yeah, she went to Burning Man and like that little kid was <laughs> like, what's your family name? Which is like, and also this lady, random lady is like, what's your, who are your people? And Ray should be like, fuck you, bitch. Who's your people? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> like, what if that lady is a spy? What if she's like a suicide bomber left by the First Order in case there's anybody left? It's like, ah, yeah, she dies. At the very end, Ray returns to the Skywalker compound on Tatooine. Finally, we return to Tatooine. Which is super weird if you think about it, because it's like, no one's living at the at that house anymore after all it's these good years. That, oh, no, it's, it's good just though. Let's completely take back retaken by the desert. Or is it like a memorial site now? Like, no, it's just an here abandoned. Here lies the death, the the... the place that raised both the our greatest dictator and our greatest hero well anakin didn't grow up in that well i mean you know stretch it out for taxpayers he grew up he grew up in tatooine though and uh yeah yeah he grew up he grew up in the city though no this is the place where he freaked out about killing all these women and children yeah his mom's buried there yes yes his grandmother is buried buried there. there Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru presumably were buried there after they got... At least eaten after there. After they got exploded. <laughs> <laughs> there remainders of their meat eaten by some uh, dewbacks. Some some space vultures. But, um, yeah. And then, I, yeah. I, I, I want to... It's, it's such... Uh, I want to die. We've been, we've, been, we've been... You know, I love you guys. Yeah. We can wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. There's a... Oh, I'm sure there's still plenty more stupid stuff to talk about. Yeah, because something I want to talk about... Come on, Kreider. This is our December episode. It needs to be bigger than Lord of the Rings. Well, something I want to talk about is... You know, kind of tying back to what we were talking about before is how we're all different, like, sort of gradients of fans of Star Wars. Like, uh, you know, Briggs loves all the movies... Kreider less slanted the movies. I love a good chunk of the movies and also know a deep bit of the lore. I've watched a lot of the shows. Uh, you know, not all the live action ones, mostly the cartoons. Yeah, Sam is way more extended universe than Kreider and I are. Which is always fun in uh high school when Chris and I were talking about uh uh Star Wars and he was like, Who gives a shit about those fucking comics, man? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, I agree. I don't care about them either. But you know, they're there. And it's still kind of the universe and wouldn't it be nice if these things get adapted one day by george lucas <laughs> oh like man I, but but uh, anyway but so just the weird attempts to try and bring in fans with some of the weird nostalgia extended universe baiting like at the end of the movie when ray has lost all hope and the emperor is blasting <laughs> oh yeah he's like sucking the souls out or no no when he's like blasting the fleet with his force lightning up in the entire orbit of the planet oh yeah like insane (laughs) warhammer warhammer 40k levels of superpowers yeah and but ray is sitting ray's like dying or something because she just had her had her life uh sucked out another force power presented by the way of the ability to heal yourself which you know you'd really think that in the Emperor's quest for, like, immortality, he would have found out about that one. Yeah, right? Because, a- after all, the Force is a path to many things that they consider. 
unnatural. But so then, like, Ray is hearing the voices of all the Jedi from all the movies and shows, and it's like... Yeah, we're hearing Qui-Gon and Mace Windu, and it's we're hearing, why. Uh, characters that didn't have actual characters until the Clone Wars show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's um, fuck, uh, guy from Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. uh, play, played by Freddie Prince Jr., it's just so like, as as someone who's like even a fan of that stuff, it's like it means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I didn't even know that Mace Windu's voice was in there until we were researching. We it on- for you become yeah. a part of a larger universe. <laughs> and we also had the subtitles on, which gave the names of each person. Yeah. And there were some names even in there that were like, "Who's Ayla Sakura?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, and then yeah, just going back to copying endgame again so you have that final face-off between palpatine and ray where fucking palpatine is like i am all the sith and then fucking ray gets the second lightsaber it's like an i am I'm all iron the jet <laughs> i am iron man and fucking lights up the second lightsaber and starts blasting the force lightning back at Palpatine and who's just immediately overwhelmed. Yeah, right. Spaceships, they can't handle that shit, but the two lightsabers against force lightning, well, I'm fucked a little. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 they wanted to be in game and just fumbled the ball and god damn it, I hate this fucking movie. That's the only thing I want to bring up is how like like there really is just like crazy nostalgia baiting that even I recognize and it does nothing. Five out of ten. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm kidding. Four out of ten. <laughs> Another character that I think three uh, PO. Three PO. I feel like got screwed over. Like that was fucking bullshit. Okay, man. no, but I argue that three PO is the true villain of these all these movies because at some point he could have just been like hey wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> no but he had his mind wiped and like, when at the end of revenge of the sith all right which okay so r2d2 is the real guilty one yes yeah r2d2 is a fucking psychopath apparently not only did r2d2 have c-3po's memories backed up but he had his clone wars memories backed up yeah and didn't give it in, give it to him until now. R two D is a fucking asshole. For real. <laughs> um. No. Yeah. The whole three PO thing, though, where it's like you know they tried to build it up as an emotional thing. Like, okay, here this character who's he's one of the first characters we are ever introduced to in this franchise is about to have his memory like just wiped to shit so that they can do this and he's got the moment where he's like oh i want to take one last look at my friends and it's kind of heartbreaking and then they bloop memory's gone babu frick flips the switch and then you know they it's interesting they have um they have uh 3po kind of born anew you know through like just kind of figuring everything out through the rest of the movie which was kind of interesting you have 3po mark one back you know like it's like oh my first blaster battle yeah exactly and then 
R2... And they even say, you know, it's like, oh, is there any chance R2 has your memory backed up? Oh, no, his uh, his backup uh, drive is notoriously flaky. Like, Oh, maybe no. that's why R2 is like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like R2-D2, more like... No, but... Uh, <laughs> it also reminds me of, like, uh, there's... Um... Uh, like a pre- like the reason why they're doing this is because like he read the knife and he can read uh, the ancient language of the Sith, but he can't say it aloud because apparently like a Senate it's forbidden or something. Well, no, they said a Senate act happened or something. Oh, but, really? Yeah, it was hap- it, He says that is like a almost like a joke before the worm attacks. Huh. I don't remember catching that. Before the worm attacks? Yeah, remember there's the worm. They're that in the gray cave. Force heals. Oh, the, oh force right, right, heals. right, 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 right. And uh, let's see some other things. Uh, Dune, Lando, really good. Dune is really good. Uh, <laughs> Lando doesn't really do a whole lot here. Yeah, he's just thrown at us for like less than five minutes, and then he's gone until the very ending, the end game ending. That's why, fucking, we got a new Lando who is childish Gambino. Also, new Lando, which is uh, Poe being made into a smuggler all of a sudden. Oh yeah, yeah no. Poe <laughs> po gets a criminal record for no reason other than to be related though, to like Han. Yeah, even though like literally everything else about him was like that he had just parents in the resistance and everything. Ah, whatever. Yeah. Dumb. Uh, there's also um. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> uh, waste of characters of uh, Babu Frick and the Pink Ranger. Yeah, we got a, we have a Daft Punk girl. Oh, yeah. Daft Remember, Punk Girl, give me a chance. Let's go slam dance a banner around the world. Just you and me, Daft Punk Girl. Uh, there's also, um, remember uh, John John Williams made oh. a cameo as a bartender? Yeah. yeah. And then weird. probably I, dies when the planet gets No, and I was up. like, we were watching that, and it was like, he was such a specific looking dude that I was like, I'll bet that's a cameo. Yeah, right? Because there's like, there's no reason to have <laughs> an old guy like that. Too. Yeah, yeah. And then I looked it up. It's like, hey, guys, that was John Williams. I was like, You're that's like, oh. John Williams? He doesn't look like music. <laughs> <laughs> um... What, yeah. what how often you do like how often does somebody look exactly like you picture them like other than hr giger <laughs> true <laughs> it's like it's like this guy looks like he makes like sculptures out of bones uh i will say that about david cronenberg <laughs> oh yeah no david cronenberg looks exactly like you picture a, a guy who's like kind of an alien yeah <laughs> um i like the cavalry charge on the spaceship for no reason that was stupid. That was some. Yeah. That's some army of like darkness levels. CGI of augmented dumb shit. horses to make them space horses. Yeah, it's kind of like Warcraft horses. Did yes. did had ILM create the bow and arrow? Hot 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 stormtrooper chick has a bow and arrow. Yeah. Had, had ILM created the volume at this point? No, I don't think. We, I don't think the volume was actually used until Mandalorian. God, a mat. If imagine how much better this movie would have looked no. if they had the volume. That wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have done anything. Yeah, true. There's a lot of uh, technical aspects of this movie that the Mandalorian just did better. Yeah, true. I like would have the, to look it up though if they did if they used the volume on this one or not. I don't think so. I think Mandalorian was like really big for using the volume. Yeah. What's Which, the uh, volume again? Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna explain. Now, the volume is um, a 360 degree projection screen. Oh, those things! Yeah. Oh, those are so cool. I yeah. love how he used those no, in Mandalorian. The, no, and the way they, the way it gets to look is like 
Um, it doesn't necessarily, because you don't actually use that image as the background. You replace the background, but what it gives you is perfect uh, environmental lighting. Right. It's uh, more like assuring than a green screen. Exactly. So if you think about um, a great example of volumetric, of, of volume uh, being used is in The Batman, when it's uh, the sunset shot on top of the building. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Huh. That's in the volume? Yeah. Wow. Cuz like you can Really? Cuz you can literally on the volume you can move the sun like with a with a stylus. That makes sense. It's I, like, I, I say, would fucking kill to just spend a day on a volume just yeah, to, just no to check it, play around I, it. I will say though, you know, I just recently watched the Light and Magic documentary series from Lawrence Kasdan on Disney Plus. And uh, there was an interesting bit where uh, John Favreau is talking about using the volume on The Mandalorian and how at one point they had an interior scene to shoot and their producer shows up on set and they've got this whole set, uh, this interior room, not like anything big or anything. It's just an office or whatever. And this producer got pissed off. It's like, hey, what the fuck is this? It's, you know, like we just invested all these hundreds of millions of dollars in creating the volume and you're building sets. What's this all about? Nah. And they're like, oh, okay, hey, check this out. And they just flip the switch and the volume turns off. They were standing in the middle of it and this guy had no idea. They just wow. had pieces of furniture for this set in there. But this producer standing in the middle of the room thought he was in a fully built set damn and when they explained that to him his brain exploded <laughs> he's <laughs> like, like what got... the fuck is this shit oh god <clears throat> the fuck are you doing here Pop. what am i paying for i want to know why we spent 300 million dollars on star wars shows that nobody watched <laughs> but so, uh all right go on no no i'm done so yeah now the yeah volume seems to have been it didn't, they didn't use it until mandalorian okay then two more things i wanted to bring up uh, they were just kind of small things. Uh, one, uh, so I guess Luke marooned Lando on uh, the Burning Man planet. You but, think so? Uh, I mean, why else does he have a giant like crowd crusher if to just like go through the party safely? Yeah, true. <laughs> and that's, that's a crowd crusher if I've ever seen one. That looks like a fucking Warhammer tank with giant treads. Was it in South Park where they have to build a bridge that they have to build a drill that goes through hippies? Yeah, yes, yes, it was. Yeah, it's like that. It's like that. Holy shit! It's a, it's the digger. Oh yeah, that's the um. It's when they're doing the, the core the, parody. Yeah, they, but yeah, like they're all like just becoming super smug. Yeah. Uh, no, that's no. That's that's, that's another one. one. The smug one's uh, the L.A. one. No, San Francisco. San Francisco, uh, where like there's a big cloud of smug coming <laughs> to like consumes. <laughs> but, They're like uh, farting into wine glasses and huffing it. <laughs> is uh some famous dude's like Oscar speech that is just full of smugness? George Clooney. Uh, George Clooney. Yeah. George Clooney's. Oh, it's colliding with it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the second thing, um, we completely drop. Uh, you know, uh, once once we. Once we kill Admiral Hugs, and then we're like... Very unceremoniously, too. He's the spy! And then also we're like giving up on Kylo Ren being totally evil. Mm-hmm. We go to the real villain of the movie, played by Richard Grant, Admiral oh, Pride. Yes, this apparent uh, Sith-era I was empire. there all along. Yeah. <laughs> As I served you in the old empire, I will serve you in the new... 
I was like, final order. You know what would have been great too is like if we just had a bunch of footage from the other movies and you just kind of like After Effects him in there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was always there. I was the architect of your misery. And pull and also don't even like get like, you know, new CG youngification on him. Just like He's pull just movies old guy from there. No, 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 no. I mean like pull movies from old like rom coms that he starred in when he yeah, was younger. Right. <laughs> or with na- with nail and I. With nail and I. Just do that. Uh, I'm utterly assholed. Uh, Hudson Hawk. Oh, yeah, yeah he just... was the villain in Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Man, now that's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, Briggs, that's a bad movie. I know. I've never seen it, but I know. You know what it's better than, though? It's <laughs> fucking rises. I disagree. <laughs> anyway. This podcast must end <laughs> well let's go to one more thing one, one last topic I- <laughs> speak your piece sam so, so i'm into it so one last topic i want to talk about is how this is you know garbage uh yes and how it's basically much like how force awakens is a remake of star trek 2009 this is a remake of uh star trek into darkness where our main thing is a super ship Oh yeah. yeah, that's right. They have so the Palpatine has a fleet of and you also star have destroyers, yeah. planet destroying star destroyers called and, the Final Order, and also healing abilities that just completely undercut any of the drama. Also, yeah. uh, armies of stormtroopers and red armor, Sith troopers, just have them at the ready. Yeah. Oh, we finally get the Knights of Ren for the first time ever on screen in this yeah, one. Which, God damn it, they're fucking wasted. I really wanted them to be like former Jedi. Yeah, because that's how it looks like. They're like that's there. how it's led to believe is that he took uh, he took some students with him when he burnt down the Jedi Temple. Yeah, and I guess they never got the chance to make their own lightsabers or something. They were just impressionable like young dudes that had spent too long a night on 4chan. <laughs> like what uh, Kylo was saying. Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's storm the capital together. <laughs> hey, guys, Kylo Ren's not here. Don't worry. He'll be here soon. Yay! Well, mm. we will not be replaced. <sighs> let's, let's, I, I, I'm done. Okay, let's, let's rate it. This Sam movie. Briggs, do you have anything to say about Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, it sucked. Fuck this movie. I okay. give it a straight up. I'll give it, I'll give it a three out of ten. I'm not going to give it a solid zero just because A, it does look good in spots. Like, I do like the visuals. B, one of the only scenes I actually tolerate from this one, and I know Sam's going to disagree with me, and Kreider too, and maybe even partially me to an extent. <laughs> and maybe even me will disagree with me when it's I say this. The, uh, the, <laughs> the scene where uh, Kylo and Han... Are talking on the surface of the Death this Star. So fucking stupid that, oh, that we just kept sense. having these fucking things like in Batman versus Superman and fucking just like, ah, oh, we gotta talk to Ghost Dad real quick. <laughs> Even Father though he's not a force ghost. Not a force ghost. Not he's a, just there. <laughs> and you know it's like it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> so yeah, so I'll give this a three out of ten. Kreider, what do you give it? I give it a yeah, I'll give it a two out of ten. Then I have to undercut all of you. Wow, <laughs> I fucking hate this movie, Sam. Oh, really quick, just want to ask you guys. So, is this the worst Star Wars movie to you guys? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like over overwhelmingly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to take a deep breath for this one. Um. What do you give it? 
I'm very entertained by this movie. <laughs> I enjoy the meta context that this movie brings. Spit it out, you fucking coward. <laughs> no, no, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> meta commentary. I love that that's what people use for sucking now. It's like, oh, you see, it's actually a statement on your expectations that the movie would be good. Yeah, it's like the... It's like... It's like the backtracking uh, metaphoring for the Matrix sequels. Oh, the 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 people the the, the humans are bad actors uh, are, are worse actors than the characters playing as machines because humans had to become more machine like than robot people. But, but uh, anyway, so what do you rate this movie? I give this movie a seven out of ten. <laughs> Because wow. I am so entertained by how awful I love. I love this how he is, gives that that score for all the wrong reasons. This is this is my uh, X Men Apocalypse, my X Men Last Stand, my Spider Man Three, uh, my uh, your Godfather, your 3. Godfather Three, Coda. Well, no, I hate that movie. No, my uh, Dream Child. <laughs> Uh, Your Scream 3. My Scream 3. <laughs> After watching all these bad movies, all these movies, I still like it. Mm. Oh, man. So, if y'all overall have... trilogy. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got to do that. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it's a toughie. Yeah, I, I will. So, I'll go first as uh, the extreme prequel hater, <laughs> uh, original series lover. And so, I find. Uh, like I said, I rank the sequel trilogies in the middle of the original series. For me, it goes uh, Return of Jedi, Empire, New Hope, uh, Last Jedi, Rise of Sky, uh, Force Awakens, Dead in the Middle, Rise of Skywalker, Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom. With uh, with so the other two put Solo and Rogue One. Rogue One. Uh, Put Solo above Last Jedi. Put uh, Rogue One after Last Jedi. Okay. And so, as far as this trilogy goes, it's all over the place. It's a mess. It's not good. Uh, it, it, in the end, and it's really boring in the beginning. And it has a really good middle movie. And, you know, it, like, it doesn't work so well as a trilogy if you want to watch it. I could just say, you just go watch. You could really watch it. Just any watch one of Last them. Jedi by itself. Although, I guess you can't watch Last Jedi by itself without it. Because Last Jedi is kind of a, a reply to Force Awakens. Force Awakens, which then Rise of, the Je- Rise of Skywalker is a comment on itself of Last Jedi and saying, no, no, please. We love this stuff. We really do. We love it. Um,. I don't know. It's like it's 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 all over the place story wise. It's not a great story. Like even the prequel movies have a more tied together like story arc yeah. going on. Yeah, because Lucas went in with a plan. <laughs> like even a loose plan that if that like I know like it was mostly written on like a legal pad. Plans a plan. Plans a plan for for better or for worse. So what do you rate the trilogy overall? I give it a solid C, seven out of ten. You know what? I'm right there with you. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Force Awakens is a movie that exists that my eyeballs have watched. It's the okayest. But I don't Decades hate it. Decades of studying film. I, I don't hate it. You know, it's it's good. It Force Awakens is the better half of nostalgia baiting, I say. Yeah. Like it's, it's 100% 
fan service, fan bait through and through, mm-hmm. but doesn't feel egregious like Rise of Skywalker does. So, and then yeah, Last Jedi fucking rules. One of my favorite films in the whole franchise, and fuck Rise of Skywalker. Um, so yeah, I give it a seven out of ten. What about you, Kreider? This cheapened the Star Wars brand. Yes, it did. Oh no, it did. Just, no, no, this, no, this just no. did. It was it like did. you know, and, and maybe it was inevitable. Maybe you know, it was. Maybe if these were great movies, it still would have cheapened the Star Wars brand. But like, we they were more concerned with making money than making quality movies and quality. We, we suffered. Over quality. Yeah, we suffered as a result. We and, had six years of a Star Wars movie every year, and like, pff, a lot ouch. of them was bad. So I get, I get this like a five out of ten. Wow, this okay. whole trilogy five out of ten. Yeah, it's just it's really but leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So then uh, I gave my ranking of Star Wars movies. You want to do your ranking of Star Wars movies? Okay. Um, I haven't seen the Clone Wars movie, the animated one. Yeah, I didn't count that in there anyway because I don't uh, think anybody ever puts it on anywhere. If I did, I'd put it above any of the prequels. So it's a New Hope, um, Empire, Return. Last Jedi, Solo, Rogue One, Revenge, Attack, Phantom. Okay. Sounds good. Am I missing one? Oh, uh, you missed uh, Force Awakens. Oh. Just like... And Rise. It's, it's... Okay, well, Rise is last. Um, Force <laughs> Awakens is probably just above... It's between... It's under Revenge... But above attack. Okay. So but, I mean, I already said you know my number one is Empire. You said your top three to us. Last Empire, Last Jedi, Revenge. Let's run, them, run them down. Yeah. Um, I'd say after those three, um, New Hope for the fourth and Jedi to round out the top five. Um, I'd say Rogue One. After after uh, Jedi, <clears throat> so uh, just outside the top five, um, I'd say Phantom. After that, Clones. After that, and Rise of Skywalker. Dead last. I won't count Solo just because I have not seen it yet. No, of course. you should. You should. Um, yeah, I think you'd love. Solo. I, I will eventually. I just. I've. Rise of Skywalker left a bad taste in my mouth, so Which I is just why Solo n- didn't do very well. I was not ready to go in again. No, and right away. Solo was definitely a victim of all this, where we, there was like some Star Wars fatigue. Yeah. Wait, am I getting that order right? Was Solo after Return? Yes. It, or was it? Wait, when did? Let's see. Rise of Skywalker came out in. 2019 and then solo came yeah out rise and... was the last theatrical star wars movie no okay, wait so solo... solo came out yeah. before rise then okay. yeah, yeah all right so yeah well then okay so then yeah so... so then it was the last jedi and the burnout from that or at least the anger from that that made solo not successful yeah and i just kind of just didn't really bring myself no, and, to go um, see it we didn't you didn't it's it was hard because you had a lead who didn't have a lot of star power yeah you also yeah. had a troubled production, like uh, oh, dev, like an odd, like a, and this is another problem with movies nowadays is we know too much about behind the scenes. Yeah, I think that is an issue. Like we go in with preconceived notions about movies now. Like, cause I remember 
uh, when before Solo came out, I remember being all like, "I'm not seeing this fucking garbage." They're just they're just gonna like not even follow a script and do and waste hours and money doing improv scenes. Are you shitting me? Which is why but, those guys got fired. Uh, and Ron and Howard did a good job. Ron Howard did a surprisingly pieces. great job. He had a good sense of what made a good you know Star Wars movie. Yeah. yeah. I think if this didn't come out after Last Jedi, he'd be a little more fondly remembered for Star Wars. He could have gotten to do a whole trilogy, but yeah. That would have been cool. I'd totally be Plus, there for a Ron Howard trilogy. Solo's setting up for a trilogy that never was. Which is yeah. a shame, because there's some pretty cool like introductions. Like, uh, I don't want to say too much. Yeah. yeah. Check out Solo. Check out Solo. I, um, is, is, I totally gonna, say so. We're going to do one more episode for 2022 to wrap things up a little bit. A special, a special episode. Yes. If you a... haven't unsubscribed from us already. Yeah. <laughs> it's been an interesting year for movies, this one. It's been an interesting year for this podcast as it is. We, I mean, we've we've watched some pretty neat movies, guys. We had some guest stars for the first time. Mm-hmm. No, and... I've had a great I've had a great one with you guys and uh, Yeah, it's been fun. I'm looking forward to uh I don't know what our at beyond uh, the next special episode, what do we know what our kickoff trilogy is for twenty twenty three? I think think so but do we want to say that now or do we want to save that for the end of the what next episode dollars yeah oh. we'll sit we'll we'll uh, tell we'll let you guys know in the next episode <laughs> yeah but um so what so what exactly is the next episode uh, we're just gonna get into a hot tub and talk about some of our favorite 2022 movies yeah. yes because uh, it's been such a banner year that i thought we should just take some time to recognize some of the beautiful trilogies that we've gotten throughout this year and they're not really we're each curating our own trilogy there's going to be a lot of overlap a lot of discussion pretty much kind of our top threes yeah each of our top three without any redundancies between the three of us so there's some situations where maybe briggs's top three could have been in my top three or you know something like that but exactly and we're still actually debating on those because there's a couple movies i finally saw smile last night which i'm still it's really good Really good horror movie. I have a short list of movies I'm trying to see. Like, I really want to... I already have two of my three picked. I'm waiting to fill out that third spot because I want to see The Fablemans. I want to see Glass Onion. Yes, speaking of Ryan Jones. um, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix. I do want to check that out. The Weird Al movie. I want to check that out. Um... I know you and Kreider, you and I discussed some others that we haven't seen yet. Oh, VHS oh, yeah, no, I want to see VHS 99 and Deadstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one I'm not really too hyped on. Okay, I've heard some cool things, but I'll. It's but a, yeah, so one of the directors, but yeah. There's and, uh, some the on there. But uh, yeah, I definitely have at least two of mine picked. I know both of these guys have their threes solidified. So I'm uh, going back and forth. But yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, certainly two of the three of them I've certainly nailed on, but there's one that I would like to check other movies out to be sure. Yes, yeah. I know what you mean. I want to see it too. Yeah. And I want to and there's a couple movies that I want to see to make sure, like uh, Wendell and Wild, mm-hmm. The Bad Guys, uh, even uh, Hotel Transylvania Four. I'm gonna check these out before <laughs> I really finalize my decision. And if Hotel Transylvania Four breaks your top three, I'd be very impressed. <laughs> hey, they're good movies. They're very entertaining. Gendy Tartakovsky does good work. But uh, we're looking to get that episode out about when, though. Uh, like probably the last Monday in December. Yeah. Okay, then cool. We're doing a Monday release now, but um, I'm at Cried the Writer on on uh, Instagram, and we're at Team Insomniac Films. 
Yep. And we're also Team Insomniac FL on Twitter. For now. And all <laughs> Yeah. You said we're gonna that last get on, time. We're gonna I... get on Mastodon. Mastodon. Uh, anyway, I'm also Big Boss Tune on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am at Briggs underscore Meta Revolution on Instagram. And this has been the first uh, Star Wars discussion ever. Yeah, nope. And uh, I think we've closed the book. Yep, I don't think anything else can be discussed, honestly. I don't yeah. think anybody will have anything to say beyond this. I don't even think we have anything more to say. Nope. Bye. Bye. <laughs>